Hey everybody, it's your old pals Ian, Chewy, Alan, and Ryan. And we're here to talk about all the great shows on the Stuff and Things Podcast Network, aren't we boys? How many yes. shows? Oh wait, sorry. Uh, yes, we are. How many shows? <laughs> There's four good of job, them, Alan. Alan. Four good. of them, and they come out on all different various days of the week. Uh, of course, uh, every Friday you can listen to the original, the classic Stuff and Things, where Chewy and I uh, just kind of talk to each other like we're best buddies. We just kind of talk like just you're like you, your best buddies, like you just and your best like friends best talk, buddies. Like, yeah. like we're best buddies, like we're best buddies. Yeah. Watch it, you're on thin ice. I have Alan over here. I am it's right fine. here. Be friends with Alan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll go well. Uh, so yeah. you can check that out every single Friday if you like hearing conversations that you and your friends would have, but with two total strangers. <laughs> Uh, what else do we have on the Stuff and Things podcast now, boys? Well, I'm glad you asked, Ian. <laughs> Alan Selman. I took a stance here. Uh, <laughs> we, we have four color commentary. Uh, what's a that comic, show about? It's a comic. I'm about to get to that. Gee, Alan, what's that show about? Thank you. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, it's a comic book podcast where four comic book nerds talk about books that they bring, sort of like a comic book book club, but we also talk about other things like movies and comic book happenings on top of all that. So... Uh, it comes out every other Wednesday, which is free, uh, not free comic book day, but it is sometimes. <laughs> it's just every comic book day. If your parents every are still other. buying your comic books like they are for me, then it is free comic book day. <laughs> it's every other Wednesday that comes out. Gosh, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's really excited. Ryan, uh, tell us about the redheaded stepchild of the Seven Things right, Podcast the, Network. The, the, uh, the, the sad, lonely other child of the Seven <laughs> Things Podcast Network is a podcast we like to call Super Action Bros. <laughs> podcast we talk about movies with explosions and car chases and lots of people dying a lot and stuff uh it's every saturday the most action-packed day of the week with ryan and ian yeah where we take a critical look at those movies that are commonly watched while eating a lot of popcorn and snacks uh and pizza and beer (laughs) i like those things (laughs) isn't there one more podcast that we're forgetting about nope let's move forward the dark recesses of the stuff and things podcast network where only the brave dare to dwell not me. I'm out of here. Yes. I'm here <laughs> to tell you about the. You already talked about the redheaded stepchild. I'm here to tell you about the neglected, jet black haired, evil demon ghost. son of the sun ghost. Of the, <laughs> the sun ghost? Yes. The ghost of the sun? Exactly. Oh, I was thinking like a sun ghost. Like oh, sun, sun of ghost. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is referred to as Eyes in the Dark, where we talk about horror movies oh. with. Movie expert, Dr. Oh, yes. Jurassic Price, <laughs> and the classic and ever velvety voiced Evan is on it. <laughs> and of course, because we have busy schedules, it is released every other Monday, the most terrifying day of the week. Oh! Monday is legit the most terrifying day of the week. See, guys, there's something for everyone here on the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Everybody can enjoy a little something here. Um, and we want you to enjoy now. So sit back, relax, get yourself a nice beer or juice box. Yeah, if you're driving, don't drink beer. Don't do that. The juice box the is fine. But what you can do is Root enjoy. Beer, also, okay. <laughs> what you can do is enjoy another fine Stuff and Things podcast.
Hello, true believers, and welcome to Four Color Commentary, the continuing saga of four comic nerds and the books they love. Luke, I am Alan. I'm Chewy. I'm Annie Kid's dad. I live in the desert and I make robots and everyone hates this movie because I'm Ian. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. <laughs> I'm Ryan. All right, I, I was really praying that was gonna happen. I am, um, like, uh. <laughs> but I want you to do our, it in the in the low voice, like beep boop wop. That I'm was Ryan. our uh, <laughs> that was our our Star Wars tribute um, because there was a Star Wars trailer that came out, and so I I, I chose also to, Star Wars Day was. Uh, it's also true. It was, yeah, um, this is the last time recorded May but, the fifth. Yes, May the May the fifth. The tacos. Yes, um, <laughs> but we decided to give you a little Star Wars tribute opening since we don't get to talk about Star Wars too much on this because it's it's more of a movie than anything but they have anyway the comics. they do they do have some they do um but uh yeah i i was the only one ballsy enough to go with uh go with the prequels so technically r2d2 is in the prequels yeah, also technically chewbacca is too whoa yeah. and technically darth vader is too yeah boom. all right boom there we go done we all we all did it darth Except annie darth <laughs> And the animal sparkly glowing. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> Robot chicken. Yes, sketch. yes. <laughs> I love right. that. I love you, Eddie. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this one that Chewie and I used to watch where it slows it way down, where it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember oh, that? Days. Anyway, um, welcome to Four uh, Color Commentary. This is a, ironically not. Well, this is not ironically, but this is not a, a podcast where we talk about Star Wars. Nope. We talk about comic books, but Star Sometimes. Wars are in there, so there we go. Yeah. Um, they're part of nerd culture. Uh, so there are a couple ways you can reach out to our show if you like the things that we do and you're like, wow, like I stood, I sat through that Star Wars thing and now I still want to listen to more. Uh, you can check us out, uh, out uh, check us out in a couple different places. Uh, way number one you can check us out is by going to our website, fourcolorpodcast.com. It's a Tumblr site, so you can follow us on Tumblr and get updates there as they come for new episodes. And sometimes we'll post neat, neat, neat nifty stuff. Um, you can also... Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. There's a neat little sidebar on that Tumblr site that has all these little shortcuts you can do. Uh, want to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us some reviews. Uh, we also do like to read those reviews in the show. I've noticed we've gotten some more star reviews, guys. We're up to like you know, 13, we? 14, 15, something like that. No yeah. way. Thank Ooh. you, friends. So thank you for doing that. Even if it's just a star review, if you don't have time to write out a little thing, that's okay. Just give us something. Uh, you leave us a star, that makes you a star. Yes. Well, Aww. not just one star. If you leave us one star, then you know, you're know you you're the, like you're, you're, you're the death. Star. That's you're, the death star. You're human garbage. Yes, garbage. Human garbage. Wow, garbage. Human really garbage. Um, so that's Bob Barker. Yes. Um, <laughs> you can also so you can do that. You can also reach out to us via social media. We do have some social media ways you can reach out to us. Way number one is through Twitter. Um, for uh, the show, it's at Four Color Pod on Twitter, and you can also reach us individually on Twitter. Uh, we'll go around the circle here alphabetically. Alan, how can people reach out to you on Twitter? Uh, my Twitter is at Marginally Talented, M R G N L Y Talented. For Chewy, it's at Chupacabra, C H E W P A C A B R A. For Ian, it's at iRich, that's at I R I T C H. I'm on Twitter too at Ryan Roop, R Y A N R U P P E. Uh, you can also reach out to us via Instagram, the same handle, at Four Color Pod. Um, on Instagram as well. Uh, we also do have a Facebook page. You can give us a big thumbs up like and like us on there. Uh, we also do have an email address if you want to do it the old-fashioned way. Uh, podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to email us. Uh, and we also have some other shows you might be interested in. Uh, if you go to Stuff and Things Podcast... Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Stuff and, Things ne- uh, Stuff and Things Network. I'm sorry. What's wrong with me? StuffandThingsNetwork.com. Don't go to Stuff and Things Podcast unless you like blue language and, and, and 
funny Na- stuff. Naughty talk. Um, <laughs> but it's if you the red s- light district of the Tumblr site. <laughs> but if you go to stuffandthingsnetwork.com, you can oh, check out some of I just had the worst image of, of Ian dancing in a window. <laughs> like with red lights behind him. No. Thanks for sharing. Imagine, that's, that's, a, you ever see the music video for um, Dancing in the Streets with David Bowie and Mick Jagger? Yes. Yeah. Imagine Chewie and I doing that. Uh, and that's what Stuff and Things podcast is. That's basically <laughs> what it is. Yeah. That's exactly that. It's the podcast equivalent of that music video. Can I be Bowie? Yeah, okay. Because okay. <laughs> I know you hate Rolling Stones. Yeah. That that well this this is going into stuff things territory. I'm, no. we'll, we'll remember this, table this moment All because right. I want to bring this up. As to, <laughs> okay. uh, are you sure you want to bring B, B, B Bowie? Is the question. Um, yeah. So uh, moving forward, though, there are four different uh, parts of the show. Four of us. So I want to. <laughs> so as always, we always introduce the players, and then we introduce the game, and then we play the game or record the podcast, as we call it. Um, so we want to go around the circle and kind Normie of introduce to you. It. To us, so if it's your first issue, so we treat it like Marvel Comics. This may be your first issue, and I'm, I'm tired tonight. I had a lot you, of, you know what, you're I had a lot to do of steak because <laughs> I got some Avengers money. You know, what, you know what you're gonna have to do during uh, First Prince tonight. Oh, I know. You gotta pitch it. I will. Always gonna pitch <laughs> oh God. Um, so let's go around the circle and explain who each of us are, so uh, we can. Yeah, you can know us. So, Alan, you go first. They, are they going to know me? They're going to know who you are. In the biblical sense? No. Gonna, okay, good. If you don't know him by now. Anyway, uh, my name is Alan, <laughs> and I bring weird things like webcomics and manga, which are not as weird anymore because we've been reading a lot more of them. Um, True. Otherwise, uh, I'm kind of just big into everything, but art is my like main love. So uh, I love panel layout. And <laughs> not his fiance. Lines. His art. No. No, she knows she's second. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jenna. I love you. And uh, and so yeah, that's that's my deal. Here we go. I love books that have darkness in them. I have lo- I love books that have blood and punching or just really cool moments. Sometimes there's not blood and punching, but there's just like it's metal in its own right. Basically, you just have to read a book. You can read it, kind of nod to yourself, and just think. Yeah, that's metal. If you think that, that's a chewy book. Hi, everybody. My name is Ian. Uh, I read all sorts of books. Anything with a good story is something that I gravitate towards, but I'm a big continuity nerd, so I tend to tend to stick with the big two with DC and Marvel, and, and I like superheroes and stuff, but I'm a pretty easy customer, and I try to find something uh, I like in every book that I read. Hi, I'm Ryan. I like uh, comics as art, and comics as literature. <laughs> No, I I like kid-friendly books, and I like science fiction books, and I like books with uh, kind of very cartoony art. Cool. So that's the four of us, and uh, now we will tell you about the show proper and how we go uh, through the show. So there are four segments of the show, four different little dungeons we have to pass through until we get to the end boss and get to kiss the princess on the face. Um not on the mouth. That's 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 grown up stuff. <laughs> um, so the, the the dungeon number one we have to get through is uh, here's my issue. Where each of us bring a different comic book issue. Uh, we have everybody else read them. We talk about it. We talk about some things we like. Maybe some stuff that maybe wasn't for us, but uh, we go through that and because uh, it's kind of like comic book book club. I think Alan said that on one of our, our ads that you just heard five seconds ago. That's the best way to say it. it's a comic book book club. <laughs> each of us bring something that we like. Um, part two of the show is first prints where we read an important issue, a comic run, a graphic novel. Something that's good for uh, some first-time readers goose to get into. For the goose and the gander. Yeah, for the, go- <laughs> for the goose Aww. and the gander. Um, <laughs> Why do I feel like that's someone's dying words as they run off into battle? Like, for the, the goose, goose and the gander! 
and then they like duck run. battle. Duck. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like I imagine this knight who's like covered in oh, feathers. Dude, no, it's no, it, no, it's literally the Patriot, but the yeah. ducks are the American revolutionaries, and the geese, geese are the British. Are the, are the Parliament, and that's what they yell. The geese yes. as they run into battle for the what is it for the goose and instead the of Queen yes. and Country, it's Goose and Gander. Yes, <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Exactly. Uh, what, what would it be called? What, is, what is, I don't know. Anyway, we'll think about it later. That's, that's once again, Stephen Things talk. Moving forward, uh, there are so you, so that's first prints. We read uh, kind of important issues stuff. It's sometimes even historically important, like we've been doing for the last few episodes, and that continues this evening. Uh, moving forward to uh, part number three of the show, the four color character compendium. It's where we talk about a classic comic book character, a superhero, a villain, a, a super team, an organization in a comic book like Shield, uh, or we'll talk about a famous comic book creator, a writer or an artist, somebody who's important uh, to know if you're just getting into comics. And like any good comic book, our fourth section before we get to uh, stomp on that giant reptile's head, kiss the princess, and hope to God it's not another toad, is uh, Back Matter, where we talk about just kind of general comic book chat. Usually tends to degrade into movie talk, uh, but that's that's what Back Matter is. It's <laughs> that's kind the of world we live in these Twitter days. Twitter letters from the four-color mailbag, and we do have a couple of submissions tonight from U52, which Ooh. is something we've been doing. So UE. Yeah. So uh, that is the four of us. That is the four parts of the show, and now we begin. Now, gentlemen, I believe I drew the short straw this evening. Did I? you? I did. Wow. Uh, I drew the short straw this evening, uh, and I am bringing a book so uh, very relevant to a, uh, a Netflix series that was just released, uh, which is Daredevil. Um, it's a Marvel Comics character that I don't feel up until now has gotten his uh, just desserts. Just deserves or just desserts. I don't know. I wish it was I feel like just desserts say- means like... This was terrible to begin with. No. Would you say that the devil hasn't gotten his due? (laughs) I would say. There we go. That's what he was looking for. And now the devil gets his due. Uh, So I brought a a issue uh, from one of my favorite personalities, I guess we'll say. Um, He's a writer and a director and all that stuff, uh, which is uh, it's Daredevil issue one. Uh, This is from the, I think, believe 1999 uh, Daredevil, um, written by Mr. Kevin Smith, drawn by uh, Mr. Joe Quesada, who's now the head of Marvel Publishing, if I remember correctly. Joe Quesada. Editor-in-chief. Editor-in-chief of Marvel Publishing. So uh, this issue is kind of a good start for a run on Daredevil. What I do like about it, and I'll say it off front, I'm sure you guys will comment, it has its typical Marvel opening where you have a... uh, kind of a, a recap of who Daredevil is. So you get a good idea of who we are and where we are in the story um, and his backstory. And uh, it starts off with Daredevil, Daredevil nursing a broken heart. Yeah. So we'll start sad. there. We'll Poor start guy. there. So what did you guys think of the issue? There's so much talking. <laughs> All Kevin the words. So much words. Smith. All there's the words. So words. I knew that was going to be the first thing you guys said. Like it's it's so just many words. like, there's not even dialogue until like the last five My response, pages. Kevin Smith. Ian. <laughs> but, you oh my gosh, there's so much narration. To be fair, Joe Casada so said of Kevin Smith, are you going to like give me some space to draw the pictures, dude? So <laughs> I will say that I agree. I know there's a yeah. lot of dialogue in this. You know oh. me and my feelings towards Kevin Smith mm-hmm. and how they're positive. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of words. There's a lot of words. <laughs> I've been trying to get you back for Deathmatch since episode two, and I hope I think this finally did it. Uh, this is this is like <laughs> this is like if one of the guys in Clerks was Daredevil. <laughs> Dante just, is Daredevil. Let's just talk the whole time and do a thing. Which one would it be? I think I, I think that Dante would have to be Daredevil, but I'd I like feel to like Dante Randall. would, would make that the Randall book? is foggy. He's would got that, lady. He's like always talking about ladies. That book would be called Dante's Inferno. <laughs> yes, it would be. Hey, uh, zing. Um, but yeah, so zing of the day. But uh, but that being said, I. 
I don't know about you guys, but I really like the opening letter. I think I, I honestly, I got especially now after after I mean, no, no spoilers, but now that I've become more accustomed to the character and the character surrounding him in the the show, uh, that letter had that starts off with a letter had a lot more like gravitas and like had a lot more, you know, s- substance for me. I don't know what did you guys think. It was a long letter. It was. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> How many pages? The, the letter was two pages Alan, if you're getting Just broken up with, do you want to be like, I hate you. I'm leaving you. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, that's what he wants. He wants you to rip off the band Oh, that's good. <laughs> ah, I know what's you going should on. No. I don't have to Ian. read into subtext here. I, I know what's you. happening. I know. Follow, Ian, follow me on this. Yes. How many pages, front and back? <laughs> I don't know what I'm, what I'm supposed to be referencing. Wait, okay. I'm sure I, I thought everybody had watched Friends since it came out on uh, Netflix. No. no, I think Friends is a garbage television um, show. Whoa! We can fight later. Shots fired. So wow. no one told you Ryan was going to alienate your fan base. <laughs> but he just did. Fan base really? I'm on wow. Twitter at oh. Ryan Roop. That's R-Y-A-N-R-U-P-P-E. Wow, Ryan, that was harsh words. Okay, I have. I understand why me, people. Bro. I understand why people like Friends, but it's it's not for me either. To be honest with you, okay. I'm more. Fine, I'm more of a fan of the modern day Friends. Which Alan, what's the reference you're trying apart. to make for those? Doesn't of us who matter. Don't get Moving it. forward, that's no. a long letter. Also, yes. he does a lot of exposition. Like he does. It's like you don't. Even, we don't even see Matt until like eight pages in or something like that. Well, remember first comic. Remember it, but let's pretend this is somebody's first comic. Is he Daredevil number one? And they Shouldn't you start a number one with the actual character? You do. Where do you, where do you not see him? He's right there on the he's right there on the okay, page. Okay, but it's not him. It's just like he's hey, on page see two. See this guy sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> see this guy. He's Daredevil. <laughs> see this guy sleeping. I think he's cool. He he's the man without fear, and sleeps. <laughs> He's a man without fear or grogginess. Also, um, I, I don't know why well I get the feeling that yeah. he sleeps naked, but that's what I get the feeling I get from this. <laughs> I sleep naked, so does that make me Daredevil? Just makes you somebody that shares information oh, I didn't man. need, that's for sure. We're both Daredevil. Chewy's Daredevil, Ian, too. come here. <laughs> I'm not scared because Let I... Let me get at those peepers. I sleep at... That's the most vulnerable place. You know what? It is the man without fear because that's the most vulnerable place. Yeah, the and toilet. you have no clothing. Uh, asleep? If someone come in... Can anyway, try to anyway, really anyway. 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 <laughs> We'll, we'll You're sitting in Ian's you. bedroom just just to give Table you context, seven listeners. <laughs> but only one of us is naked. Can you guess who that oh, is? No. So um, I thought I thought this I, didn't I thought count we, as naked. I thought we should. I thought we should see um, Daredevil sooner. I yeah. think that we should see him. Okay, because that monologue, uh, the the letter. I'm like, that's cool. Like, I, I dig that. That's fine. Show him, you know, doing his acrobatics. Show him fighting crime or something like that. It, in that, because like, okay, we have the one page where we have, um, it's three panels, but it's him sleeping in bed, and that's all three panels. Well, let's not. I, like, I, f- I feel like what could have been done there would have been, you know, like we could show him in bed sleeping, how it follows him, you know, even in his dreams or whatever. But you know, you could have some shots of the city, a couple shots of him punching someone, a couple shots. Yeah, could have had him rolling you know, in bed, stopping a purse snatcher instead of right in bed. And I think, but, but, but still, but I, but I still think thinking about it could have been, it could have had him eating a chili mind. dog on a rooftop. But and I, but, but I think, this. but I think chili that happens dogs. later though. That happens later where he's always a lot of inner monologue, but like. Yeah. What I like about that happens later is when he's fighting somebody. Normally in a comic book, you'd see no dialogue there, A. Um, but B, you probably see stuff like, hey, get back here, or I'm going to punch you, like, stuff, really, like stuff like that. In this, in this, you can really, really see 
Kevin Smith's love for Batman because yeah. <laughs> there's the inner the Batman inner monologue yeah. is what's there. I mean, and so that, that's what I was thinking. Marvel Batman. Marvel Batman <laughs> is you know the common phrase for Daredevil, um, and it's not a bad thing. I just think uh, maybe could cut a couple of different choices and how okay. they chose to do that because there is a lot sure. of talking heads in here. I agree. There's a lot of after reading it again. There's a lot of dialogue. A lot of talking heads. You know that's that's the thing. If you kind of mix like a that Chris up, Claremont book <laughs> with a little <laughs> more. With a little to more be fair, action. I think this is like Kevin Smith's like first. I don't think he wrote this before he did his Green Arrow work. Yeah. So I think green, this is a little arrow. bit. Well, okay, let's not pretend we don't know like where Kevin Smith comes from, but yeah. us at least. He's a dialogue heavy dude. Yeah. Yes, but also the exposition in the beginning, it's very reminiscent of like old kind of cop beat yeah, you know, it's, it's movie. It's very like film noir. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, she walked into the office and the yeah, smoke it's and like, yeah. let's, show, let's show this other event so that yeah. when we cut to the main character, you'll already kind of know what's going on. And it's like. It's it's the opposite manga thing where it's just like no, exactly you know what it's this it's this that's a really hybrid, good way to put it. it's this hybrid American manga thing where it's like I'm gonna put you in the situation that's happening I'm gonna put you in the middle of it right now but I'm gonna tell you everything leading up to there where normally with I think Western comics what we see is the beginning. And then, okay, we're starting now and we're going there. We're not being dropped in the middle of it. So here you're getting almost like the manga framing by saying, okay, I'm going to throw you in the middle of it. He's already doing stuff. He's already Daredevil. He's doing all this crazy stuff. But I, I still got to tell you everything. You know? I feel like I feel like that's true. However, it, it probably pulls more from film noir than, yeah. than manga. Like, yeah, no. But I, I think that it's a good kind of... It's, it's very different because it's not like open the first page and oh everybody's fighting what's yeah, going on yeah. right Let's open the first page and he's in bed and this looks like a letter yeah. from, from somebody it, i think it gives a lot more substance to the character because you see kind of what they're dealing with I yeah think it gives a lot more substance to the world yeah is what i got world building because i feel like the him showing up later i mean yeah okay i feel like in this and a number one you should probably start with your character earlier but you he is rebuilding a world for people who haven't lived in it yet, so yeah. it makes sense. They do mention it's I also. I mean, it's really they mood say setting. kitchen three times in like you know four yeah. pages. It's so. really mood setting to start a book with a guy getting broke up, your main character getting broken up with. Yeah, it sort of like sets gives you like a like a shorthand for like here's his frame of mind right now, because people are you know that's a relatively universal experience. People are like, okay, I understand that feeling. Let's move forward with yeah. this. Um, what did you guys think to, like he just lost a battle to a supervillain because I personally have yeah. never done that. I always win. <laughs> this really does. <laughs> this really does humanize. Hey, can you do me a favor? See my hand here. Can you go ahead and just just press the button? That's what it's like when I explode the other villains. Yes. <laughs> he or really did a good bombs. job, I think, humanizing it. And, you know, spoke about it at length, but he did humanize them. Because, yeah. like you said, you can't relate to someone, you know, be like, oh, I'm going to fight whoever it is. I'm going to fight. Stilt Man. Ultron. <laughs> I'm going to fight, you it's know, Clock King or anything like that. You know, you can go ahead and Pace say. Pot Pete or whatever it is. I've been broken up with. Yeah. It's my heart hurts. <laughs> so Ouch. Matt Murdock is dating a high schooler. <laughs> so, um, so I Matt thought Murdock they built that pretty here. well. Um, <laughs> but I feel like you needed to know three things, or at least that's what they wanted you to know in this book. Was one, his heart's. Don't broken. they know Matt Murdock is two, the best fighter in the province? <laughs> <laughs> two, he's really Catholic. <laughs> and then three, that um, that he's Daredevil. <laughs> 
Sorry, yeah, Chief. Like, they're going like, off, I just on, off on. They're going off. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and call it right now. Sorry. I'm going to go ahead and call it right now. I'm going to go ahead and call it right now. I'm going to undo the whole back matter or the whole character companion thing. Uh, next U52, Charlie, I want to see Daredevil drawn in Scott Pilgrim style. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 I want to see that pose where he's pointing, but Daredevil. Um, okay. Uh, I was going to ask you guys, speaking of oh, art, um, how, what did you guys think about the art? Because I know this isn't Ryan's favorite type. It's very... 90s. Yeah, well, is it? It's not 90s. This is this is very late 90s, early 2000s comics. Yeah. I gotta tell you my honest thing. I like the way Casada draws Daredevil. Sue me, but I like the way he draws Daredevil. Oh, I think it's snazzy. I like that one. That one panel. It's tiny, but where he's flipping, but you can still see the DD and his belt and his and his like gloves and his shoes. Something about just like that look of him. I really dig. You know where I've seen that before? Mm -hmm. Batman. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's, it looks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, and I might get tortured. It looks better without a cape. It looks more acrobatic without a cape. It's very true. <laughs> it does. He does um, look acrobatic. But yeah, I'll let you guys talk. What did you, what did you guys think? Because I know that this isn't really Ryan's favorite art style. But what, what did you guys think? Honestly, I kind of uh, overall, I like this style. Um, I like this story. Um, so far, at least in the first issue, I think that it, uh, it's very, it's different from the other books you get because he's not really wisecracking. He's not overly brooding at this point or at least not without a you know emotional reason to um and i feel like the art lends itself well to that by its highlights i think would be the operative word that i would use yeah there's a books. lot of silhouettes in this book a it's lot of deep silhouettes shadows and with stuff. highlights yeah so you're highlighting faces um light sources clothing um glasses right everything that you need to make out what's happening but keep everything sort of in the dark at the same time um, it gives you, it kind of, it kind of makes it, well, it makes it very noirish without it being in black and white. Yeah, cool. I agree. Um, I, I'm not crazy about the, the gradients. It's just yeah, such a, yeah. it's just a look that I just, I just don't I, enjoy the overall feel of this book. It, it feels like everything's happening at sunset, like sunset or night. You yeah. Know? Like anything in the day, it's not in the day. It's at sunset. It's got oh, that very kitchen. warm Tell's kitchen. Okay. Hell's Kitchen it, the has fires the are right over the hill. Eternally. <laughs> the tire fire? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Jersey. You know, I, I, not my favorite <laughs> art style. Oh, not my favorite art style. Should you want to say that when Kevin Smith's writing the book? <laughs> <laughs> I like, um, I agree with you. I like how it lends itself for Daredevil, but for what it's people, it, it's not my bag. I gotcha. Um, cool. Well, um, any final thoughts on the book, guys? Is there anything else you want to say about it? I like the character of Daredevil. I might not read another one of these. I, another Kevin Smith one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, anybody else? I mean, I would be interested to see kind of the way it ends. It's like, who told her who, you know, Daredevil is and, and how did she know and all that sort of stuff. So like, you know. It What's Daredevil going to do with a baby? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think like a big point of it Daredevil was. Daddy. <laughs> Daredevil. Dare, Daredevil. Daredevil. Dare Daddy. Daredevil. <laughs> Dear Daddy sounds a little different. <laughs> that sounds like a different kind of letter. Dear Daddy Daycare. I like Dear Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Devil Daddy. Is that, oh, is there such a thing? Oh, Leather Daddy? Oh, is, anyway. 
But Big yeah. daddy. <laughs> okay. Well, um, that's going to do for Daredevil. If you guys want to check that out yourself, you can. Uh, it is available on Comixology digitally. I think they're still available in trade. I had a really hard time, but I found the first issue of this. Um, it was Ooh. really hard to come by, though. Um, but I did find it, and I actually bought the whole Kevin Smith run, which is like 10 issues, I think. Um, but anyway, uh, so that is Daredevil. Uh, moving away from Daredevil, I believe next, uh, if I want to say correctly, I think is Ryan. Ryan, tell us about your book that you brought this time. Sure. I brought go, Godzilla. Go, Godzilla. I brought a Godzilla book, which is Godzilla's second appearance on this show ah um, it is it's been a while yeah as a uh, stained however colonel eternal does not make a uh, it's been no. a while i a mean i like to imagine that i don't remember colonel eternal's name but i like to imagine our hero in this is colonel eternal i feel but like that's true. he's not but let's keep ryan going. i know you have some backstory for this but yes ryan yeah talk about so it. fill us in oh sure so this is um this is called godzilla half century war uh it was written story and art by james stokoe um, and he is this guy who draws really, really slow because if you look at the pictures, like yeah. there's a lot in them. There's a lot. Uh, of so he's in there. he's also done this image book called Orkstain and a couple of other things. He did this really insane Marvel Avengers comic uh, that's set like five thousand years in the future, where like Bishop is a robot consciousness. It's it's very strange. <laughs> um, sounds great. With yeah. Rogue in it. That's uh, pretty par for the course. Yeah, so it's just it's just sort of an insane like like Vietnam style Godzilla book. Okay. The idea is it's this one guy's quest to fight Godzilla over fifty years, hence half century war. Uh, I am a huge fan of it, and this guy uh, has a new book coming out this summer called Godzilla in Hell. Oh man. Yeah. So I figured we should all be introduced to James Stokoe's Godzilla. So go talk about it. I love this book so much with every fiber of my being. I love this book. I didn't <laughs> think it was possible to do a Godzilla story that has some sort of heart or has some sort of thing. Like, I mean, when we read God, what we read Godzilla, um, what, we, what was the name of the book you brought? Uh, uh, shoot. I, it was, it was one of the small yeah. mini runs, but, but even still, it was like, it was just fun. Yeah. Like, it was that fun. was it a was fun camp. book. It was campy. Yeah. This has some emotional weight to it, oh, yeah. which I'm surprised. Cause I never thought that was possible with like a Godzilla type book. Um, I feel like this is what 1998s or 97s Godzilla wanted to do, but failed drastically. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, we had that little emotional connection at the end. I don't, oh, no, I don't think so. Out. I think it wussed out way short of this that's, book. That's, uh, I was a joke. <laughs> but no, I, I, I like this a lot. I, I, I really, really dug the story. I, I like I, I like exactly what you said. It's 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 It seems like it's... By the end of it, I wasn't like, oh, man, I got to read more Godzilla after this. I was like, I want to find out what happens. I want to follow this guy's journey through all this it, it, and I'm, I'm hoping i don't know have you read the whole series yes i have is it just like snapshots of throughout his life yeah oh basically. that's exactly what i wanted it yeah to you be. just follow him around basically oh, it's and so good he yeah. keeps he keeps getting put uh, in more crazy and crazy situations he becomes crazy and crazier yeah which yeah. is oh, man it's weird because you're watching him go insane and basically it's it's like if a man he's basically captain ahab Okay. Yeah. Oh, sweet. <laughs> He's basically Ahab with Ahab. Godzilla. I never. But with Godzilla, I never thought Moby Dick and Godzilla. That's actually really awesome. Yeah, um, it's a, yeah. it makes sense. I I love. By the way, anytime they sh- they show Godzilla <laughs> I as a, I can't say. <laughs> I was just combining those two titles, Godzilla and Moby Dick. <laughs> oh, I get it. Kids? That's funny. Uh, <laughs> you can uh, talk about that one on the playground. Anyway, <laughs> make your uh, friends laugh. I love anytime you see Godzilla as a sea monster. Because yeah. I feel like he doesn't get enough water time. And, like, he's supposed to be, like, you know, marine Godzilla for the most part. Hey, kids play with Godzilla in the time. bathtub with new 
Water time Godzilla. <laughs> with new water action. It's like when they did the Marvel superheroes and they had like water. Like you would put stuff in the bag and they'd I don't squirt know. water well, out. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> where are they squirting it from? I had like one this. where there was a venom that squirted from his chest. Yeah. And I was like, I don't remember venom doing that. It's like I when don't you see like the human torch with, with a four with like a four wheel drive vehicle. <laughs> like, yeah, he's gonna just, you know, be on fire astride that gas tank. Oh, uh, it always makes me laugh. It always made me laugh. There was this one when I was a kid, and they, they literally took a Batman toy and made it a Superman toy yeah. where it was you put Clark Kent in the front and you slide it back and now he's superman driving the supercar i'm like why does superman need a car it made sense, it made sense with batman when yeah. bruce wayne turned into batman does not make sense with clark Kent. or i love where like when you were watching like all the old like batman movies and stuff and they're like with a super jungle camouflage batman oh, it's man. like you know <laughs> from the movie from the movie <laughs> there's the last episode oh, of uh, batman the brave and the bold Talks about that. Yeah, it's, it does. Bat, what is the neon super shoot bat, bat luge? That's that's part of the show. Anyway, so Godzilla. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Alan. No, no, it's fine. I I don't know about you guys, but I have this crazy fear of the deep ocean. But I also find it I fear hugely sharks. fascinating. Yes. So like anytime like you see Godzilla like in the deep ocean and like there's just one picture online. I don't know if you, uh, if you've seen it, but it's um, the Titanic basically and an iceberg. Except it's panned out, so the iceberg is actually one of Godzilla's like back fin oh. things, and he's sleeping like there Dude. as the boat is approaching. I'm just like, oh, that's fascinating and horrifying oh, at the out. same time. <laughs> anyway, awesome. so um, I feel like uh, I know I, I wish he got in more ocean time in this. But that being said, it's really awesome to see him like globe trot because, like Ryan said, in in the next issue, they're in they're in Vietnam in the next one, right? Yeah, and so it's just like. Godzilla travels, and you're just like you traveling's not allowed in the globe travels. <laughs> Come on. Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you for getting there first. <laughs> it's like right there. I was like traveling. How am I gonna bring that basketball joke back? <laughs> you missed that. I was doing the globe trotter song, but I ended it with Godzilla. I was getting whale. all excited about the book. <laughs> I'm getting excited about it. Okay, get, okay. get more getting excited. Get more excited Almost because now you're gonna imagine Godzilla with an afro. And wearing a white jersey. Oh, I see. Oh, wait. Has no? Have oh, you not seen Godzilla versus uh, Bark? <laughs> oh uh, what's his name? Is there Godzilla beats the Harlem Globetrotters? No, no, no. That should, uh, that should uh, happen. Godzilla versus Charles Barkley. Yeah, you guys so have, have you seen not seen Godzilla versus Charles Barkley? I'm pretty sure. There's a 90s have. commercial commercial where hey, they play Charles basketball one-on-one. There's a comic, one on one. too. Was it? Oh, wait that's a right. like a mini wait comic a of it, too. Wait a minute. Was it movie Godzilla or real Godzilla? No, it was this like this Godzilla. It was like a guy in a oh, suit finding playing this. one-on-one basketball okay, with, with Charles Barkley. I'm I'm done nerding out. I'm looking for this goat. All right, Charlie. <laughs> Chewy, what did you think? Because I Charlie. thought that this was kind of a Chewy book. Possible U52, Charlie. Put Godzilla on the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Do it. There's two for you. Give um, me a double challenge. I thought it was very, very much a metal book. I mean, you have... You have a Godzilla. There's fire. There's destruction. There's so many scales. There's so many scales and so much rubble. And then you have these two like ragtag dudes like in a tank. They're just basically it's uh, it's like if they took like the newest like Godzilla and like hey let's mash this up with Fury. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty much. Let's, let's put Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf in there. The good Shia LaBeouf, the one from Fury. Oh man! All right. What is Fury? Pointing at you. That's that movie, the Tank with movie Pitt. with Brad Pitt. Yeah. With Brad Armpit. Godzilla versus Tank Girl. <laughs> I get, uh, okay, too. I guess there's a reason. <laughs> with Brad Armpit. Oh god! <laughs> um, I bet he's never heard that before. Ah, wah, supposedly wah. he smells. Yeah, so that's what I hear. That's why. Um, like he has body odor, really the, bad. Can I? Can I? Can I talk about the artwork for a second? Yeah. 
Um, for a freaking Godzilla book, that's awesome. By the way, Alan showed me the the, the Charles Barkley. Have you not seen this? Oh, it's pretty this awesome. That's but one for a, page for a freaking Godzilla book, like a book about a big monster attacking a city. The detail in this art, like you would not expect this from a Godzilla book. It's gorgeous and it's it looks awesome. so good. And the de- like the the sheer amount of just small lines and detail. By the way, I also like how kind of the Godzilla tail has like this part that is like a line right here in this photo. And this one, I think it's page. Uh, 17 uh, because it's very much like the toy version of Godzilla. Like he has, I, it, I, I don't know. Did they, didn't they like try to catch him in something or is that why he's got that around there? Is that literally just Godzilla? I think it's literally just Godzilla. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. But like in the toy version, you could spin the tail around because why not? But like it has the lines yeah, of like, like the, the toy the, plastic yeah. Godzilla, which I loved. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean like you could tell this guy clearly has a love of, of Godzilla. I think, I think he, he yeah. has, he has an affinity for it. Oh, yeah. That or he just really takes his art seriously, regardless of what he's drawing I, I think it's both yeah if he's writing another one he wrote he wrote andrew this yeah he wrote yeah then he loves I godzilla want, yeah yeah i want like a big like print of this stuff dude i mean it's, it's fantastic yeah. the story's awesome it, it's fun but it's also not like there's moments where i'm reading it i'm like oh no 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 no, no, no. what's gonna happen what's mm-hmm. gonna do what's gonna get out of it um, so it, it's pretty awesome. And I'm just thinking also about like, oh, he just totally destroyed a column of tanks there. They are dead. He just killed <laughs> them with his breath. They died. He killed yes. them with his breath. That's yes. what, that's what he did. Breath murder. <laughs> <laughs> Motor breath. Alan, murder breath. Tell there us, you go. Alan, murder breath. I feel, like, I feel like you're holding back on this. No, I mean. Tell I've... us about the art. Cause I know that you, you're the art man. Oh god. What is it what Al- is it that you like about <laughs> the art, Alan? I know the art man. I know some of what I like about it. Seinfeld. Why don't you start and I can just agree with you? Okay. Uh I really like the way the colors work in this comic because the art is really, 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 really just insanely inky and detailed, and the colors are like big swaths of color. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like he doesn't go in and color all of the different scales individually. There's just like, and it's funny because I just said I don't like gradients in art, but there's just like a big gradient a of sunset gradient colored color. or of blood colored, like fire and stuff like that. It's it it almost the the colors almost act to make it seem even more detailed because the colors sort of fade behind the the ink work. Just the fact, like the the red and the blue that he chose to work together which obviously are, are opposite colors, they blend into each other so well. Yeah, they're both borderline purple. Which is, it's it's this weird, like, on either end of that purple spectrum, and it just works perfectly together. I love, like, this... I, I've seen... I, I want to compare it to something I've seen before, like the art style, because um, it's very manga-y. Like, it's very manga-ish. Um, but I, I, I can't put my finger on it. But it's like it's like early nineties, like ninety one to or ninety to ninety three level uh-huh. manga like style. The it's kind of like Berserk eyes, when you gave it to yeah. us a little bit. It is a yeah. little bit like the Berserk. eyes remind me a lot of like Akira for some reason. Like yeah, a lot Akira. Of thank you. Yes, 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 oh, yes. Yeah. That's where I was going with that. Yeah, Tomo, very, very lots and lots and lots of little tiny details. Yes, and it's just oh man, and the panel layout is so crazy. Like Chewy, to your point, you seriously get very adrenaline rush reading this book yeah it's oh, yeah. like it, it it evokes a response just because you're like well number one's godzilla yeah but number two like the way that it's laid out and kind of like what ryan was saying with the colors it it, it creates anxiety and where it should <laughs> it's really cool because it feels like a war comic it doesn't feel yeah. like a monster comic. It feels like a war, like Sergeant Rock mm-hmm. or something like that, you know, like just like gritty and like, absolutely, you know, like just 
mud in your boots and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I dig it. Yeah, well, I think yeah, I think with the the half century war, the I think the title kind of like tries to do that, and then each chapter is like next chapter is like Vietnam and then China and Ghana. It's, yeah, and every, it's like you know, ten, like eight ten years. Yeah, in that's each awesome. One. Uh, and you see this guy getting more and more grizzled and more and more insane. Oh yeah, he just goes insane over the, the next couple of years. But also, it throws other monsters in there. Like the next chapter does have yeah. Angrius or whatever. Oh in yeah, it. and so like you see how uh, how the artist handles that, and it's it's fantastic. Stoko is what it is. Stoko, yeah, yeah. I feel but like it, this it, is... it wouldn't. You probably wouldn't be surprised to find out that he's a he's a good pals with uh, Brandon Graham. No, nope. okay. that King makes City a lot of sense. Stuff. Not surprised. Um, so Ryan, where can people pick this up? Uh, I got it on. I got it digitally. Um, they it goes on sale every so often. I, I think that it's it's collected in a trade. It's like ten bucks. Um, it was it's from IDW, who has the Godzilla license. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. finer comic book stores uh, may still carry this in trades. I haven't seen it around a lot, though. I wouldn't be surprised if they put it back in print. Considering he's got a new book coming out. If your out. comic book store doesn't have this, you need to stop going to that comic book store. There's an, there's a place called Amazon and other <laughs> sellers as well. There um, is a place called the Amazon, yeah, right? <laughs> in Brazil. Yes. I heard the Godzilla vacations there. <laughs> in Brazil? Terry Gilliam makes movies yeah. about it. With, anyway. uh, with Monkey Mumba. <laughs> he likes <laughs> the steaks <laughs> on swords. <laughs> Anyway, Chewy. Thank, thank you, Ryan, for your book. Now, moving yeah. away from Godzilla and moving on to Chewy's, uh, we have three G books tonight. Yeah, the three G kind of night, guys. G, G, G number two. So two G yes. is Chewy. What's your book that starts with the letter G? My book is called Goners Number One. It's from Image, and it is written by Jacob Simon, and it, it is drawn by uh, George. Corona. I think it's Jorge. Or Jorge Corona. Jorge. If We're not quite sure how to pronounce your name, but it's one well, of Well, I mean, it could be pronounced we either don't, way. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. don't want to assume. I might pronounce it Jorge. You can pronounce it's it George. George. Um because I'm white? Yes, because you're white. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I appreciate that. Thank you for being lenient with me. Okay. So I'm just gonna start by reading a little summary here. Please read it. It's cool because we get like a one paragraph exposition. You hear that, Ian? One paragraph. <laughs> I didn't write it. Talk to Kevin. Yeah, it's very Marvel style in that way. Summary. In a world where the mortal coexists with the the mythic, a single family through the ages stands as the first line of defense against all that goes bump in the night. The latest generation has turned... Uh, has turned the ancestral tradition into a profitable brand. They are the family Latimer, and this is the end of their story. So Whoa. if that like one paragraph is like oh, all right like that that hooks me I'm not gonna lie that hooks me this right there. this book is like four different things combined together you ready yeah it's like Men in Black uh-huh. meets the Goonies uh-huh. meets the Hardy Boys uh-huh. meets Scooby Doo yeah. but the monsters are real uh, yeah. I would replace what was the second one you said Goonies uh, the Goonies yeah I would replace Goonies with um, uh, Johnny Quest. Okay, with that, yeah, Hanna Barbera. There needs to be X Files yeah. in there somewhere. That's yeah. that, okay. Fine. Revision. Venture Brothers. Yes. Less there funny. Go. There we go. That combines Johnny Quest and the Hardy Boys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and that, no, but yeah, X Files in there. But yeah, and yeah, okay. And, but but it has that like you know what this reminds me of. This is like remember that book we we brought Seekers, Seekers of the, of the weird. weird. This yep. is like the the grown up the big boy version that's, of that's Seekers. It is. Weird. Yeah, yeah. We're and to be honest, about, sorry yeah. Disney, this is better. Far away. Sorry, and I'm sure Jake. I'm sure Jacob's probably like. 
damn it, Disney. <laughs> but like you, you wrote, you, uh, to be fair, you wrote a better book. Your book is going to stand up longer. Jacob, you made the Disney fan say that he likes your book better. Than and and I do like book. Disney. Don't get me wrong. And I like that <laughs> concept, but I think that this, but I'm also a grown up, like yeah. to where I would give that, to, I wouldn't give this to a little kid and I'm yeah. sure he wouldn't want me to, but like, I would give that book to a little kid. This one, I'd be like, oh, you want to read that? No, no, you read the grown-up version. Well, that's one of the things I mentioned when I got to interview him at WonderCon that, you know, we kind of saw Seekers of the Weird do it, but I think this does it in a more complete manner. I agree. You know, I I like this, and again, maybe it's because I'm an adult. Maybe it's because it does more, you know, from a, like, I don't don't know. I don't want to say... It's dark. Cerebral. It's darker. Standpoint it, to make the other one seem like oh, it's like no, dumbed down. It, it's darker. This the makes other, you think a little bit. The more. other one. Well, the other one starts with you know. Oh my gosh, the parents were kidnapped. Yeah. We gotta save them. This one's like your parents are dead and they're coming for you next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like oh my god, what's but going at on? At the same time, it didn't feel dark. It, it felt. It, it felt. It like had, weighty. It felt weighty. Yeah. But I would it didn't say, feel dark. But it's darker in comparison to the other Well, yeah. anything <laughs> that involves death to not death is going to be considered darker. But the other yeah. one didn't have these like spectral black zombie <laughs> skeleton but things. But at the same time, I look at, no, look I, at, I don't know. I, I got what you're saying because you're not, you're not saying it's like, like there's kind of a lot of gothy elements. Yeah. But it's not like, oh, we're the people of the night and we're going to fight the monsters because that's the only thing we can do in the world. No, no, White no, no, no. Suits. There's joy. The book we read, White that, Suits. And that's where the... Go- that's dark. But that's where the Goonies part comes in. That's why I'm saying Goonies is because it has because that... Because it's kind of lighthearted has that, like, dark, and has this... There's danger in the Goonies. They almost die a couple times. There's but danger in the last five minutes of the Goonies. No, there's spike pits and there's, there's rocks that almost follow them. Yeah, but I feel like that's right. kitty danger. They have, this they is bigger than that. This has heart. This has heart. He's no, silenced at all. I'm serious. Okay, like, that's, I want, that's I want what Goonies Ryan. has because it has like it, compared to to some of the other kind of kind of mystery, gothy mystery books that we've read that that are sort of you know like oh it's a collection of of mercenaries who are the best at stealing ghosts or it's you know. <laughs> sorry. I love how that's never going to die. Gonna die. No. Uh, but I, but but so this one it. this one it's it, this is a family. There's there's. This emotional connection. We see the flashbacks of of this um, young lady when she's a little girl with her parents. This book has this sort of emotional core that even though we're fighting monsters and their parents are dead, <laughs> like you, it's still like, like, I don't know, like it it grabs you by by the heart, not by the throat. If you know what I mean. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a really. There you go. You win. Uh, Ryan wins. I, that's 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 yeah. what I got out of it because I because at first I was like, oh, it's another one of these books where we're fighting. Th- this ghosts is something I would give you know. And I'm like, oh no, this is yeah. this is there's it's, there's more there. We're, we're talking fresh. about like yeah yeah we're talking about like giving this to kids. I was saying giving this to kids. I give this to like maybe like a a a, a teen like yeah, a thirteen yeah. to fifteen Rated year T14. old. Yeah. There you go. See what this is one of the things I was talking about is that you know other people have done this type of story before, but like you said, th- this does it better. Yeah, this does it in a way that makes you connect a little bit more rather than just like, oh, I'm watching this thing happen. It's like it's a man. I'm feeling it. Happen. You know why? Yeah, a lot is, of uh, stuff happens in this issue too. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It goes on like in Chu was like, you know, it's a little bit longer, but it reads really quickly. And you're right, Chu. It really does because you're flipping through it. Um, that being said, I love this art style too. Ryan, what do you think? Let's tell oh, yeah. about the art. Yeah, I love the art style. It's got a very like, like a new age cartoon. 
It's very cartoony. It, it actually, it's it's, and I know this is not a very good descriptor, but it's it's kind of web comic-y yep. in yes. a lot of ways. Like right. it, it plays sort of fast and loose with the character design okay. and the faces and things like that. Web comic-y has come up how many times on this podcast? Have we discussed this yet? Yeah, we've we've discussed yeah, it a few okay. times. Okay, I'm just making sure that we've it's, touched on it's it. Got but this blend of web comic, uh, like good web comic, obviously, web comic with Disney and. It, it gives you this kind of weird, cool, crazy fun combo. That it's remi- like it's like if 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 Disney hired Tradmore. There you is go. What it looks like. Yeah, yeah. It also. Uh, why can't I think of Tradmore is a good is a good yeah. reference point it, for this because of all the like lengthy like action shots. Like it feels very dynamic for that reason, and a lot of like you could you could almost you know like rolling dolly shot rolling yeah. do, rolling dolly shots. Yeah. Um, so that's what it feels well, like. What's cool me. is even in the in the panels that don't have a lot of movement in it, it they feel very dynamic. I mean, the panel where um, where the older sister here, I, I forget her name. I'm sorry, um, but where she falls to her knees and she's crying. Zoe. 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 Where she's on her knees crying. Like, look at how dynamic that is. That's on page. Uh, that's on page eleven. It's where they're hearing about it on the TV. And it's in the top left corner. Yeah. Like she's just there on her knees, but you're not seeing just her on her knees crying. You're seeing her fall and cry and weep. And like, you know, even her hair is kind of blowing a little bit and it's just, it's cool. You know what I mean? There's none of the, none of the pictures, none of the drawings are the characters just sort of standing straight, looking at the camera, you know, the, uh, the, the front of the panel, everybody's po everybody's got, you know, they're doing something. They're in the midst of movement in, I would say pretty much every drawing, nobody's just standing stock still. Everybody's doing something. You can tell yeah. where the weight is going, what's what's happening with them. It's not just talking heads at any point. The closest, even I mean, even when people are just talking, yeah, you can tell. There's there's movement. There's a, a sense of weight and movement in the drawings. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think? So one of the things that's kind of interesting I found in this book is you have. Uh, it's not like you like you were saying about the whole gothy like like we're the only ones that can do it. Blah, 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 blah. It, it's it's got more of like a hey we're the family Latimer and we do this. And what I thought was kind of really interesting is okay if this exists in today's world, of course they're gonna have a reality show. And they're gonna be on TV <laughs> and yeah, cameras yeah. Are gonna be following them and they're gonna be selling it. You know, which is I think one difference. Um, that you know separates it from something else, and I thought that was like a really smart move. I don't know about you guys, but it kind of puts it at the forefront. And one thing, um, I don't know if you guys read the back matter here, but I thought it was pretty interesting because um, every generation has its own like defining moment, right? Um, so defining moments here. Let me get to the back here. I want to read it kind of like verbatim here because I thought it was wrapped up pretty pretty well here. So it says, uh, "Where were you when?" A parade in Dallas sparked what would eventually turn into the comic that you are now holding in your hands. So I thought that was kind of like interesting because you think like, you know, JFK assassination, right? That's like a defining moment for people because people saw that and they experienced that. And that was someone that they loved and connected with. And in this world, that's what the family Latimer are. You know, they're not just a personality, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, there's a, a celebrity, but it's like someone that everyone knows, adores. It's like, you know, that's their yeah. JFK and they just saw him get, get oh, killed yeah. on national television. You know, what kind of impact does that have on that universe, on that world? 
So I thought that was kind of an interesting way to play that. And Ian, you've been a little bit quiet here. I said everything I have to say. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of fun. It, it was, it, it was all those things that I, I love. I was just looking for like the oh, this is this meets this meets this meets this. I like when things do an amalgam of different things and do it well. Looking at Ian Marvel in DC. Um, they didn't do well. <laughs> Amalgam comics. Dark claws, all I need to say. It's uh, equal parts awesome and awful. Um, but I, I like when you take different things like this and, and, and merge them together and do it successfully to create something new. Um, on the art style, because I didn't really say much on the art, I, I dug it a lot. I think it fits it perfectly. I think that's what makes it a more teen accessible book is that art style because it makes it more cartoony uh, and webcomic-y like you guys were saying mm-hmm. um, as opposed to having because I mean let, let's imagine this with like gritty realistic art or something that's like I don't know something that's that's like a like um, like a book that we've like like a, a typical chewy book like something that's really like yeah. dark and nasty like it doesn't have that fun element then mm-hmm. yeah like this feels like these guys are in peril but just enough peril to where you know a, 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 you know, maybe a twelve-year-old could read it and not get too scared. Yeah, right. it's it, it's 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 like you talked about. It's like playful danger. <laughs> <laughs> playful danger. Playful <laughs> danger. It's got just enough it's blood. Novel I'm working on. It's got enough not blood, really. just <laughs> enough blood to satiate the bloodlust that Correct. lives in all twelve-year-old boys. <laughs> True. Um. So, Chewy, where can people get this? So, I got it at Fat Collectibles, as per usual. Um. The trade for this, so you can find uh, issue number one like we did. You can also find the trade. The trade is just out as of last week. Um, and speaking of that, we're actually going to be on, this might be more back matter, but this Saturday, May 9th, we will be hosting a live Q and a at fat collectibles in Anaheim. Um, so stay posted here towards the end of the show. We'll give you some more details, but we're going to do a live Q and a with Jacob, uh, catch up with him again. Now that the trade is out so you can get not only the first issue, but the whole, uh, first, uh, arc of it, five, six issues, uh, for and it's an image book, so that's a ten dollar book. So worth it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> so um, I'd say pick it up. You know, there, pick it up digitally. Pick it up uh, in person. Wherever, wherever, man. Pick it up. Cool. cool. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. And finally, <laughs> the last G book of the night. Something that's been we've been waiting over a year for Alan to do, but he's finally done it. Alan, it's only one character that starts with a G that you would bring. Tell us your book. What did you bring? GI Joe. GI Joe. Um. So Gamora. I find so I brought Green Lantern Rebirth number one by Jeff Johns, um, art by Ethan Van Siever. I kind of want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so this Skeeter. is uh, this is Jeff Johns' run on the Green Lantern. He kind of took in in kind of in the same way that the Marvel movies took Iron Man and turned him from like you know C list to A list. Jeff Johns did the same for Green Lantern. He took a character that was not very popular, had gone through a lot of crap. And uh, brought him to the forefront of the DC universe so much so that he Green Lantern now has almost as many books as Batman at one time. It's true. Um, that's just that's. Fact. Does, I mean, no denying Green Lantern has a following. Has, it has does. a fan base. Yeah. So um, also one of the uh, Jeff Johns, you know, the the writer who made me fall in love with this character. So um, this is a continuation. It picks up, um, you know, right after Hell's uh, quote unquote death. Um, or actually definitely more than a little while afterwards, sort of like, uh, Barry coming back that we talked about last yeah. episode. Well, we did an experiment on this 
and I'm interested to hear. We'll talk because we're talking about the story. We last time we talked about on full with Flash Rebirth, we talked about oh, there was enough backstory. I didn't know what was going on, so we 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 put a challenge out to the other two gentlemen uh, to to read the book and and tell us their thoughts based on one person knowing some backstory and one person knowing no backstory. So full I feel the science experiment. So because Chewie was the control, which is the yeah. one who knew no backstory. Which I is typically how we things. go into things. I want to hear <laughs> Chewie's opinion first. And yeah. then Ryan did some continuity research to find out a little bit more. So, Ryan, no answering any of his questions. <laughs> um, so, okay. I I liked it. I'm going to start with this. I liked it better than I did the Flash book that, that we read. Um, now, is it because someone's hand got melted off? <laughs> well, the other one he did turn a guy. <laughs> well, the other one he did turn a guy into dust. That's yeah. true. So it did That's happen. very true. Um, but. The hand melted off part was pretty cool. <laughs> we got to see uh, Green Arrow, which is cool. I like yep. Green Arrow, and he right. was being all like, you get to "What see are you Superman doing? And Wonder Woman?" What if one? I were to tell you, Chewie, this is the same comic you read, but with a little more metal in it? It's a little bit more metal, yeah. But that's, anyway, that's to me is what happened here. Um, <laughs> it's the same I comic. Think, I think they did a little bit better of a job in this book of explaining kind of what went on before as we read the book than they did on the flash book. Um, I mean, there's still questions around, but it's still like, okay, cool. So how Jordan was dead. Okay. Before that he was some guy, he was parallax and then parallax apparently was a bad guy that Batman didn't like. And then he died and then now he's back. And now he's also the specter. And now he's going around getting killing people. The the one thing I'm like, I don't know why he's killing people or who he's killing or because they're like, obviously it's Hal Jordan because look at it. They left his apartment intact and this and that and whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. But it, it doesn't explain why he's targeting people or going after certain people. So that was weird. The thing with Guy Gardner, I know he's a jerk, but you know, there was a whole thing where he like hulks out kind of red. I mean, not hulks out, but you know what I mean? He, he gets all like, he starts roiding out and he has like red tribal stuff on him. So I'm like, is, is he a different lantern? And he says something about he has blood from another, his Voldarian powers. And I don't know what that means. Cause I thought he was a dude like from earth. And then I thought he had green lantern powers apparently not um and then and then and then where he's like murder green lantern like that's kind of cool you know it's pretty metal he melts a dude's hand off and turns it into coal literally literally giving him a black hand um because <laughs> his name is black hand. but but i love like the and, th- and then like guy gardner's like i'm self-combusting for no reason oh i'm a jerk i deserve this <laughs> um and then also later when they're in the watchtower you know, they're having this whole conversation and the reasoning's kind of flimsy. I feel like Batman's a better detective than this because he's like, well, let's see. So he's going around destroying a whole city. He destroyed Coast City, but he left his apartment intact. And then he killed this or and then he like exploded this thing. But the one statue of him stayed intact. It obviously must be hell. I'm like, I feel like he, Batman would do more. What if you read that in a sarcastic or sarcastic tone? <laughs> so it must be Batman. It must, it must be, be hell. No, I, like, I, like, like like no one else is putting it together. So he's like, let me point it out for you, idiots. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm Batman. That's what I do. But like, I'm, I hate things that are green and lanterns. Too much light. It just seems silly that it'd be like that More would darkness. be the reasoning. Be like, well, he wouldn't want to destroy where he lives, his apartment where he lives, even though he can just kind of 
disappear and go into space if he wanted to. He doesn't <laughs> want to destroy his apartment uh, or his statue, you know, because he couldn't make one out of green lantern energy stuff. No. Um, in any case, I like the way Batman was drawn here as a silhouette and as kind yeah. of like a demon dude. That's pretty cool. And then John Stewart wants to fight him. And I was like, no, come on, man, you're cool. And then, <laughs> like, Coast <laughs> City is gone, ever. but then they find it and then it's still gone. Like, some people can see Coast City and some people can't. So I was confused overall, but I did enjoy this more than the other one. I would probably read more of this than the other stuff. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't know what I thought. Parallax was a thing, like an event that happened. I didn't know Green. I didn't know that Hal Jordan turned into Parallax, and um, I don't know. I'm okay, confused. Ryan, you've done some back research on this. Explain. I talked for a long. Now I know yeah, it's did. not going to help you like you it any better because I just know you. But I, I may, I thought maybe it would help you make story sense better. So any of those questions that Chewy, maybe you could answer, or maybe I don't know. Also, sure. I kind of like the art in this book a little bit better too. Okay, sure. I mean, um, yeah, I, I Wikipedia researched all of the things that I didn't know, which was a lot in this book, such as, such as, why is Hal Jordan having to come back? Kay. Come back from where? How long has he been gone? All that stuff. Okay. Uh, turns out that I read the issue uh, where Coast City is destroyed when I was a kid. I oh, really? Nice. I, I have that issue uh, of of Superman. It's the one where Superman comes back. Black Superman. Oh, black really? Outfit Superman turns into regular Superman. Oh. Um, but I, that was you know twenty years was ago. Was that long hair Superman? Yeah. Yeah. That was when mm. we had long hair Superman. Nice. Um, hey, you guys want to know something? This is not related, but it kind of is because long hair. I just thought you'd it. like to know this. Did you know that Darren used to have long black hair, like down to the middle of his back? <laughs> Darren's a friend of ours who none of you know. Let's yeah, imagine him with has long very, very hair. short blonde it's, hair. It's, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah it's imagine different. that. Anyway, anyway continue. continue. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Joe. No, I mean, yeah, like I explained, like, that they had got rid of him and fans were unhappy and Jeff John was unhappy. And he's like, well, you know, let's make some money um, and, and bring back a, a fan favorite character and everybody will be happy except for the people who have to read the book. Cause it's ter- ter- terrible. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess it, like it made, it made more sense. So I can't, I can't argue that I didn't understand what was happening. Okay. Um, but whether or not I cared, is a different question. Gotcha. So, but but knowing some backstory did give you a better understanding of what's sure, happening. Sure, yeah, I understand why the specter was there because Hal Jordan's soul became the specter and trapped okay. into the spirit of vengeance or something like that. Well, and he's I, trying not to like go around and murder people who commit crimes, but he kind of still does so, want to do that. So the specter is just going around trying to kill people that commit crimes. And how remember like, Kingdom and Come? And how yeah. Jordan remember is the, the old specter guy? now. Uh-huh. Remember the old guy was getting guided by the ghost? Yeah. The ghost is the specter. No, I, I understand. So, you know who the specter is. I know who the specter yeah. is. His, what I'm saying is where he goes and, and tries to kill the black hand or whatever. Yeah. 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 That's just the specter arbitrarily picking the black hand and well, it just so it happens he did a bad be, thing is it because that's I know, also that's I don't know that's that's the thing what we're gonna find out Spectre's like yeah. he's like Mystery. ghost punisher yeah okay like well I think punisher, no Chewie knows who the specter is no, he's just know. wondering why is because Hal Jordan is the specter now so it's like if Batman was the specter he might go around trying to like get 
the Joker Batman's or yeah, guys. I feel yeah. like it's leading towards his. Okay, Rogue's it's like, who are the bad people I know? Mm-hmm. So he's trying him. to split from the Spectre and come back as his own self, yes. as opposed to like Ghost Hal Jordan. Why it's like this crappy right? job you don't want to yeah. do, but yeah, signed up for it so you could you know live. Comfortably. Well, he didn't even he didn't even sign up for it. He was he was like gonna move on to the afterlife and then didn't because the Spectre's like, no, we need you. Because you have a lot of willpower, I don't know. Some, I don't. Know. <laughs> why, why is he blowing things up, but then leaving his? No, no. See, the thing is, image he it, like it, the whole untouched. coast city was gone. Yeah, and so now part of it's back. Uh huh. So he's it just came back. blowing it up. Yeah, it just came back. But the only thing that came back was his apartment. Was his apartment? Well, what about statue like when the statue of him at that? Um, at, at Guy at Gardner's Guy bar. Gardner's bar. Well, he destroyed the rest of the bar using his his spirit of vengeance thing, uh-huh. but not himself. No, yeah. the bar was destroyed by Guy when he went crazy, bodily, weird. Yeah. No, no, because all of a sudden, the guy said like something is happening to here. Everybody, you know, get out of here. My skin is tingling, right? And I'm turning into, you know, explode, man. Yeah. Okay. Whatever that. <laughs> I've got the I've got that virus that Cable has where I'm like a human robot. So basically, what happened? <laughs> was, Alan, go. Okay, so just to to, to like close Rashomon. up, some of we have like different like versions. <laughs> of it. So we, my, my thoughts on this book it is it is the exact same book as the Flash book, and I don't know why this one is any better in any way. That's my exact thought. I don't mean that as a negative, Alan, but I'm yeah. like these. They just seem like sister books. They're so, both called Rebirth. They're written by the same person. They're specifically in place to bring back a and they both do old the same fan thing. favorite character let's, who was killed a while ago. But yeah, and they're like let's reintroduce I, all the I other characters that are there in the writing. They do a little bit more explaining. I will argue and this. I also like. I will argue better. this, and I don't mean this is a pun. Lightning doesn't always strike twice. Like that's the idea. I think they're like we did it with Hal. Let's do it with Barry. Yeah, that'll work. That's money right there. And everyone's like, but we like Wally West. Nah, Barry Allen. <laughs> and now Jeff Johns is the editor in chief of Marvel of DC. No, he isn't. He and Jim Lee are, aren't they? No, Dan DiDio is still the top. Last I checked, Jeff Johns has. He's a, in charge of like the movie and TV show division, if I remember right. Uh, I was under the in charge of the media. Charge something. Anyway, but he still writes books. Um. Anyway, continue. You All right. Saying, so Alan. let me. That's my a, opinion. Now you're. Now you're. Okay. Talking. So you guys have. Oh, basically said whatever. So uh, <laughs> no, I haven't said whatever. I liked Flash Rebirth. That means I like this. I really did. In the same level. Jeff Johns is the chief creative officer of DC Comics. Chief really? creative officer. That's, that's what it says right here on the Wikipedia's. Hmm. A CCO. CCO. Hmm. All right. Well, there you go. <sighs> okay. So um, maybe the is the editor in chief. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, didn't matter. Continue. Go, sure? Alan. Yes. Do we care anymore? Can I say something really quick? What? Did you guys see the post that went up? Um, Ryan said this to me after when DC announced they were leaving New York. Marvel put out a post of it was a GIF of Rocket Raccoon going. Like he's about to start crying. <laughs> no, and it was like sweet. It was like, oh, they're gonna miss their, they're gonna miss their friendly ride. Are they going to like San Francisco? They're or coming LA? to LA. That's what actually. I figured. Mm-hmm. Jim Lee and Dan DiDio are co-publishers. Oh, okay. Well, so they're the go. publishers. He's the chief creative. Officer. Gotcha. We okay. spend half an hour on Goner. Anyway, and continue. Here continue. Like- continue. Alan, why do you love this book? Because I know there's got to be a reason, and I trust you. You you have a really good instinct with books, and you tend to find things that are really good about books. And so I haven't been able to pull that out of this book yet. So what is it about this book that you love so much? Okay, so 
So what? I'm <laughs> Alan, go. Okay. Uh, things Start. I really like about this book. Start talking. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, things I really like about this book. Um, like I but said, say with the, the flash, part about the thing. What? Like the flash. I think Jeff Johns does a really good job mm. of, even though uh-huh. it's not DC's, uh, you know, mo to give you a breakdown in the beginning so that you get caught up. I think Jeff Johns does a really good job of world building around the central premise, which is things like Guy and John go to the baseball game and talk. Um, Carol Ferris is at the air uh, is at the airfield, and that is happening. Um, the conversation at the uh, at the lighthouse where it sets up kind of like the 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 Batman, and everything is a little piece of commentary about. Hal and about what the state of Green Lantern is at the moment. So the thing is that you do have to have a little bit of background. I'm not going to say you don't, because honestly, the first time I read this, I was Wikipediaing like crazy um, because you need to get caught up. But that being said, every little thing does actually contribute. It's not there's no fluff in this book, actually, uh, in my opinion. Um, so, for example, the the conversation between Hal and, or uh, between Guy and John. Number one, it sets up who Guy is. Number two, it sets up who John is. All the way down to the way that John's construct manifests itself. You'll notice that, and they talk about this a little bit later. But you'll notice John's construct is pieces. Like they are, like he's an architect. Everything that he builds, at least in this particular run, is piece by piece. That's how his brain works. So anytime you see John's constructs, they look like they've been put together with blueprints. The constructs are the Green Lantern power energy thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So they are detailed, except for Hell's, which is generally like a boxing glove. You know, mm-hmm. it's just totally different. Um, so you get a feel for who Guy is. You see Kyle in the very beginning where he crash lands, and Kyle is a really important character previous to this, but he comes back. So you're seeing four generations by the uh, basically by the end of this book of Green Lantern and how they interact with each other and how they have different uh, conversations. The whole thing with um, Green Arrow and Black Hand, you'll notice that you know like Green Arrow, Oliver, uh, you know Ollie Queen was trusted with Hal's ring when he left, like. Ollie has that ring. Somebody he he said, "Here, hold this for me," and he's got it in his basement, basically. Mm-hmm. Then a supervillain just happens to figure out where it is and come and try to take the ring from him. And then Spirit of Vengeance Hal shows up and you know kills Black Hand. So it's not just he's like gunning for random people. Like mm-hmm. the whole MacGuffin of that particular part of the book was the ring. So mm-hmm. why is Hal's apartment coming back? What makes that ring so special? How did Black Hand know where it was? And then listen to what everybody else is saying about Hal. John has only ever trusted two people in the entire, basically, world, one of which was Hal. Mm-hmm. The other was Kyle. So what does that say about Hal, and what does that say about John as a character? Like, every little piece of dialogue, you are getting something about this world and about Hal, who is, honestly, he's the main character of this book, but he's not even there. But they're yeah. all talking mm-hmm. about him like he is, so he's present in every page, which I think is a really interesting way to write the book, where mm-hmm. it's not just, oh, hey, you know, the main character is Hal, but let's do some things with some other people. You are doing the things with the other people, but they're all talking about Hal as if he's there, or at the very least, he Hal is the center of conversation. Um, so I have a question. Yeah. Get off my Guy Gardner's now. a jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, he is. That's not a question. It's a statement. Yeah, it's <laughs> comma. Why? So why is John Stewart hanging out with them? Because they're both Green Lanterns. And they're both buddies. Well, and, but are and they friends? You don't. You don't, you don't have friends that like, are jerks. 
Well, not hang on, mail the time. I That's do. True. Yeah. No, but I like you guys. <laughs> maybe it's because you're the guy Gardner. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, if you don't know Stewart. Guy Gardner, maybe. if you don't know the Guy Gardner, you're the Guy Gardner. <laughs> no, but like my question is like, it doesn't seem like they're friends. You're it the seems Karen. like they like are together for a reason. Like, oh, we have to do this, but I don't know I think what I, I, that was. I think it was more I feel like, like yeah. I can answer. That. I feel like I, it's yeah, I can answer that too. I think, but I want to hear your answer. Well, first. I feel like it's because like how many Green Lanterns, current and former, are there total on Earth? Mm-hmm. At this right? moment, four. At, well, but I mean, well, at three. this point, there's like three, mm-hmm. and so and one just came back. Maybe there, and so there's something weird going on with one of the other Green Lanterns. Like, who's he going to talk to? Well, isn't Hal Jordan dead at this answer. point? So why are sort they sort of? But have, they still have, know some him. Stuff is happening. I have yeah. a simple no, I answer. I know, but remember, they're like, they're like, oh, is he going to show up? He's like, no, he's dead. He's not going to show up. But like, why? Well, because I think that they know about the whole specter. They know about the specter. He's sort of like a ghost that. Sort of ghosts around. So that happened before. Well, that was like established before this book. Based on okay. what I reckon. Yeah. I thought there, that was like the thing there we was find like out. they knew that the specter has been See, Hal for I a bit. I thought that we found that out in this book. No. That's why I was like, no. they were just like two dudes going like, hey. Let's all go to the baseball game and get together like old times. And That's what they said. It's he's our, not our yearly meeting of the Green yeah. Lantern on Yeah, it's Earth our buddy. It's, and then they're like, hey, you want to grab a beer after this? Okay. Let's go um, to my bar that I bar. happen to own. Yep. How did they? So. That's why they're hanging out. Did if I had friends it, they and they an owned a bar, even if they were jerks, I'd be like, hey, let's uh, But did they send go an to invitation to Spectre How? I don't yeah. know. How, how did they think that he was going to show up? He's a ghost. I know. It's comics. Yeah, that one you kind of <laughs> just have to let go of, I think. He's the spirit of vengeance, he knows. Let me tell you about a little movie called Frozen. <laughs> in Frozen. Okay. Uh, there's a song. Anyway. Uh, do you want to build a snowman? Anyway. friends to build snowmen. So I think, I don't know. Um, so I can understand, you? I think, uh, Alan, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the thing that, that's exciting, is one of the, some of the things that are exciting about this book are... Part of it is that you're stoked about the Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, and that that is the seed that helps you get into this book. But also the the sort of metatextual or the level that it's feeding on all of the different Hal Jordan and all of the different Green Lantern stuff and bringing it in together in a clever way where they're talking about Hal Jordan and it's a Hal Jordan book, but Hal Jordan's barely there. Like that's really interesting and that's really clever and, and that's something that that can't be done in in a you know a six issue image book because it doesn't have you know fifty years of history, and it doesn't have you know all these stories that you know about in the past and they can't reference them obliquely if it's the first time you've ever read this character. But a character that has history like of this, it 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 deepens everything. And somebody like Jeff Johns who has that kind of knowledge and you can tr- and you trust that he's actually bringing those references in on purpose gives it a like a whole deeper meaning and a, and a like you read it and it's like all of this stuff around you that's feeding into it whereas I read it and it's just like oh well this is this thing that I know nothing about and I can read a lot of Wikipedia and it kind of like deepens it a little bit but for you it's it, like you're not it, this is going to sound dumb uh, but it's like there's more dimensions than the single dimension on the page because of all the stories there but like Chewie and I don't have that context and so we don't have that that depth, that dimension, and so it 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 doesn't it doesn't give us that that excitement that you get. Is that 
part I, of at least some I think, of what's going on there? I think you mostly nailed it. Yes. I think there's there's two things. Number one is you're right, the meta narrative, the the fact that the stories previous to this matter. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of books that don't do that. There are books there are books that I say, this is a new number one. Let's move forward, shall we? Yeah, let's ignore the last seven years of Batman history. This is New 52 Batman number one. Right. This is the number one. That's a good book. It, I'm not saying new, it's not. There was also New 52 Green Lantern. Yeah, no, no I'm, yeah. Not saying, yeah. I'm not saying anything against it. them, but I'm saying specifically for Just this book. Just because this is a Green Lantern section doesn't mean we get to pick on Batman, Ryan. <laughs> well, and, and I feel like one of the other reasons you like this is because Batman's sort of a jerk in this. It helps. <laughs> which, which, Ian, your other favorite Green Lantern story, Batman is also a jerk in. That's true. Uh, that's the best Green Lantern story I've ever read. Uh, I, so, was this your first Green Lantern? Technically, no. It was my second Green Lantern run, my first run being Blackest Night, which takes mm-hmm. place after this. So I okay. got exposed to Green Lantern and a bit of the mythos before coming back here. So, so you you'd already. But you were a fan of Green Lantern. were a fan of that character. No, not like I picked this up a couple of months after reading Blackest Night, mm. which is when I first started reading comics, mm. if you remember from episode one. That's yeah. right. So, like, so is this the book that made you fall in love with, or is this run? This I is helped. Is so, this- so, this helped because of what Ryan said. There's two, yeah. two reasons. Uh, one is the meta narrative. The, the fact that the back stories matter. They don't get pushed aside. They exist in this universe, and they build off of that. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I've always really liked the fact that there's more than one Green Lantern. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not a single person. There's a single person who does it this way, and then there's another Green Lantern that does it this way. Yeah. They all have one thing in common, and that's, you know, they have the power, like, you know, will, right? They all have tremendous amounts of will. Who's but will? But everybody uses it. But everybody does it differently, which opens it up for somebody who trespassers. If you if you're getting into comic books and superheroes because you want to attach yourself to something, what if you can't get into Superman because you know I'm not not Clark Kent. I'm not Clark Kent. I'm not Superman. That's not somebody I identify with. But what if you had four people to choose from? What if you what if you like, really liked Green Lantern? Yeah, and you had four different people to choose from. Yeah. It's like I don't like Hal that much, but John is really awesome. And he has the same powers, so yeah. I really attach myself to that. Yeah, um, and he's got his own section of stories to choose from. So, it, it, those are really the two things. It's in this particular run. The reason I really liked the Jeff Johns run of Green Lantern is because he makes the meta narrative count, and on top of that. He brings each person's personality and what how they use the ring and what they use it for into the forefront, so you know mm-hmm. the difference. Though that would be it. So I would say I'm I'm glad that I made you guys read it once. I get why you feel the way you do. I would suggest a second reading because you're going to need it. Yeah, that's what I would that's say. Fair. Yeah, I would I mean, say I would say it's worth it to do a lot of Wikipedia ing. Mm-hmm. Before and during this book, I agree. It's, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, this would be something that I would, knowing that, I would do the backstory on, or I'd have you because I don't want spoilers in this. I would be like, Alan, tell me, like, send me links to read, and I will read those links, and then I'll, I can read, you know, the rest of this run because it'd be interesting to see how that plays out with uh, heavy metal, heavy metal Hal. <laughs> heavy metal cool. Hal. So, Alan, where can people pick this up? It's pretty much uh, required reading at this point if you want to pick up any Green Lantern that still matters. 
<laughs> okay. Um, like that being said, like Blackest Night was a huge event. You'll find this. You'll find everything leading up to Blackest Night. This is leading up to that. So it's still in print. Sweet. Um, so uh, that is going to do it for Here's My Issue. And now we move on to uh, week number four of our Avengers Assemble segment of uh, First Prince. Assemble. So this time uh, we read the first appearance of uh, Tony Stark, or as they say uh, multiple times, Anthony Stark, in Tales of Suspense uh, number, I believe it's, what is it, uh, 83? 39? It's 39 30. on the front here. Yeah, uh, There's so yeah, many it numbers. Says 39. Whatever. Anyway, Tales of Suspense <laughs> number 39. So in typical uh, First Prince fashion, which is what I've been doing, uh, because these are all Marvel books, uh, Chewie's been asking me to pitch these books um, as if I was Stanley pitching this, uh, and as this was also the plot was lit- written plot by Stanley, not uh, like it doesn't say dialogue, it says plot. Um, I'll go ahead and read that as Stanley. <clears throat> There's a little paragraph in the front here. Watch his awesome approach. Listen to his ponderous footsteps as he lumbers closer. Closer, for today you are destined to encounter the invincible Iron Man. You guys can't see this, but every time we do this, we do the little thing. He has a little like rainbow. We look up into the sky. As if it's on a a marquee. Like it's on a marquee. We're like, there it is. So let's talk about uh, Tony. I'm sorry. Anthony Stark. Because they say his name Anthony Anthony Stark. Mr. Anthony Stark. Over and over and over again. Yes. So let's talk about this book. What do you guys think? Tiny transistors. Oh, tiny transistors. Thousand no. fold. You know what, Ian? You mentioned it Doesn't earlier. Fold. Uh, before before we started recording. Yeah. Uh, that's, the, that's something crazy. that's not part of Tony Stark's backstory at all now is the fact that Iron Man is a giant walking iron lung that he can't leave or he will <laughs> yeah. die. Right. Yeah, He'll like die. it's literally like it's not like this power suit that he makes. Like there's no arc reactor, none of that stuff. That's not present at all. Um, it's literally a giant walking iron lung that he can't leave, but happens to be strong, and it uses it's, suction cups. Yeah, the future is the it's, future is now. Boys. Okay, let's Car- suction cups. Two things. Two things about this. Number one, I was actually pleasantly surprised as to like how close the like the canon, the yeah. current canon or, origin story is to this, mm-hmm. um, minus the iron lung thing. But Secondly, the whole yellow peril sort of yeah, but everything yeah. else was pretty. Cool. Yeah. I mean, just take him out of you know Afghanistan and put him in you know Vietnam or whatever. Yeah. Um, the second thing is, he created a magnet that could pull doors apart. Yeah. Why not just point it at himself and pull the shrapnel out? Right, because that could cause like massive hemorrhaging and bleeding. He'd bleed to death. That's actually pretty pretty plausible. <laughs> Thank God you weren't in there with him. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> Tony just pointed at yourself. Oh uh, my God, Alan, you're All right. right. I'm, uh, I'm going to address the white elephant in the room. I'm going to go ahead and say that out of the four Avengers books we read, this one is by far the most racially insensitive. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't I think so. so. Uh, based on the dialogue where they all refer to themselves in the third person, Wong Chu will trick Anthony Stark. That's what Wong Chu will do. I don't think it's as bad as Captain America and like his crazy Russian or uh, Russian slash German accent. And, like, yeah, villains. but I mean, uh, in the drawings, I'm sorry. It, mm. Yeah, <laughs> but I will say this: like I, I, I will say this. I feel like that they do. They, we kind of come full circle with Captain America. We had a book that was written for the time of World War II, and this seems like it's a book that was written for the time of the Vietnam War. So we've kind yeah. of come full no, circle, no, no, clearly. Which, is, which with with it's weird how over like two decades, how like things change, or like three decades even, how things just kind of come back around full circle. I like how uh, 
Tony Stark looks like uh, like Playboy Vincent Price. Oh yeah, he does. yeah. <laughs> I like Vincent Tony Stark. Price. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> um, yeah, he's got kind of a little bit of a Walt Disney vibe. A yeah. Little bit too. <laughs> the world of tomorrow oh, and death. But yeah, I mean, what is there to say about this? It's pretty straightforward. I mean, the story's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's it's um, relatively similar. You just replace the Middle Eastern folks from the uh, first movie that we saw with uh, the uh, Vietnamese folks. Which, if you if you wanna if you wanna draw it into a political context, you yeah. replace the at that point, Time, yeah, exactly the, the enemies of America then versus the enemies of America now. Co- correct, yeah. and that's exactly what it is. That's exactly why it's this. It's not purposely trying to do anything. It was just the time it was written in. I know? really want to like. I want to know how he gets out of the suit. He That's doesn't. the point. I don't think he can. He can't. I nope, think that at this some is, point he clearly does. Well, well like like I'm a long sure time they later, said, they retcon uh, it and say like, oh, you know, he he invented he this thing it. called the arc reactor, or he invented some way to hold the shrapnel in place, so well, he doesn't I'm get stuck. About in that. No, you know what though? It's it does have one thing that they didn't really get back in Iron Man, unless you talk about Iron Man who is crushed by his own hubris or Iron Man, who is also an alcoholic, is the part where he's like, in order to remain alive, I must spend the rest of my life in this iron prison. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that that's... Because if you look at all... If you look at all Stanley's stuff, uh, you know, from this time tragic. period... they're They're sort of like... They're sort of great but tragic. Everybody's got some sort of terrible flaw. Like, uh, like Thor, when he's not Thor, he's a doctor who needs a cane to walk. Right. You know, like Iron Man is is forever trapped in in this shell. What I think is kind of interesting, though, like you said about the Iron Lung thing, it's kind of like being like, this guy needs crutches to walk, so he turns his crutches into a weapon, and he is the crutch. Well, I feel like (laughs) it's a curse because, I mean, he's a handsome, good-looking dude, but in order for him to live, he has to now live in this suit. Here's my question. Here's my question. Why couldn't he just wear the chest piece? Because it needed to be a whole suit? Because comics? Because <laughs> I'm not Stanley. Because Iron Man? <laughs> because that's what makes it tragic, is that, that the way that suit is functional has to be all together like that. It has to be one piece. Well, but even still, if he had to live in that thing, that sucks. The, an iron lung back in the past yeah. was a was a thing. Basically, if you, if for whatever reason, couldn't continue to breathe on your own, the iron lung had to be sealed yeah. And it used the power of changing air pressure to cause your lungs to expand to draw in air. Yeah. And so, like, you had to be sealed in an iron lung or else it wouldn't work. Okay. And so, I feel like they sort of imply that this is an iron lung, and that's why he's sealed into it. But I, I hmm. it's comics. Comics. <laughs> okay. But, um, you know, it's an iron lung with a... Blow torch got and a buzz suction saw. cups. I, I on will his say hands. that out of all the ones that we read, he was basically a yeah. he was walk, he was a walking Swiss Army knife, yeah. is what he was. <laughs> out, of, out of all the ones That's that we true. read, this felt. I mean, for being like Marvel's, like what started the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this just feels really like it doesn't feel as epic as the other ones do. It doesn't feel as epic as like that first issue of Hulk or the first issue of so Captain America. It feels America. more Spider-Man. epic than Thor. Fight, uh, I don't know. Thor, Thor was fighting though. This guy beat <laughs> he up. He fought rock aliens. He fought rock aliens and he was had all this crazy power and all oh, my so, hammer. Like, and trust me, I'm, I like Iron Man. Iron Man, honestly, out of all the Avengers is probably my favorite just because I, I like Tony Stark. Um, but this doesn't. This, like his hair. This feels like it was an outline of a story as opposed to. It just doesn't have like that. It, 
it sort feels of gravitas. Like, yeah, okay. It feels like one third of a magazine that they <laughs> wrote for kids. Coincidentally, right? you're right. <laughs> so, I mean, we got a lot. I feel like the Captain America we read wasn't like issue one. I feel like no, it that was, was issue uh, one, but it's all together. I don't know. This, is, I mean, uh, my thought is yeah. is the difference is that this is it's like an escape story. Yeah, it's not the establishment of a superhero. Yeah, it's the story of one man of science who makes his way out of a terrible situation to a certain extent. Fair yeah, enough. I get you. But I, and you know what? I kind of felt that way at the beginning of the movie of Iron Man too. Okay, we're like, oh. It, he's going to become a superhero from this as he just used it to escape. And now he's done. Like he could have just left it as that. I made this robot suit. I escaped. Let's go back to making missiles. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, no, but he had a, he had to have the change of heart. Yeah. But I don't, this I one, don't, he ends up like the Hulk more than the Hulk ends up like the Hulk. Yeah. I yeah agree it's, on that. it's weird. It's, it, it's definitely different. Well, but in this one, he's also not like a weapons manufacturer. He's a man of science. He's like a science. It's like a science adventure. He's very Walt Disney. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, I don't know. There's some practical weapons applications to what he's doing. So I have a question for you then. Having read all of the separate of the original Avengers books, if you, I mean, just based on your impressions of them, which one would you have picked to start the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Based on me alone or is this a question yeah. for everybody well question. i mean anyone who wants to answer it can answer i mean it. based on all of them alone i feel like i understand why they did this i understand why they did it and i think they're but i don't think if you were to say tell this exact story it would have worked at all if you but but if you say oh he creates something that you know it's a suit but you know i mean they're not going to have him put in a suit where he has to live in that giant iron lung forever if they were to do something like they did in the movie where it's like, oh, we have this little battery generator well, you, that pulls it out. You mentioned that you're seeing this, you know, it's kind of a far cry from... It's I just a, think of all the origins that we've read. That. So that my question then yeah. is based on those, if you had to pick the, the one that you would say, this would be our, we're staking our claim. You know, we're putting our foot down in the cinematic I, universe. I, I think that's hard because they're basing it off a different story. You can't, all those, none of those stories would work. It would fail. All of them would fail. I think if you ask me which one of these is my favorite that we've read out of the four, Hulk. Hulk, I think, was the strongest out of all four of the issues mm-hmm. that we read. Um, I think while Captain America wasn't bad, I, I think that in its it's very dated, obviously, mm-hmm. and it just felt like like oh, these quick little fun adventures where it's a yeah. a young boy and a, and a guy running around like Hulk. I felt more, I felt more for. Yeah. And as fun as Thor was, it was silly. I didn't didn't have that emotional gravitas. I feel like, like Hulk, yeah. and that bums me out because I love Hulk so much. But I feel like if you were to look at that and say, "Okay, how can we make that apparent to an audience?" Yeah. I think if you can do that with Tony Stark, you can do it with Bruce Banner. And I, I'm a little bummed that they haven't quite gotten yeah. the right way to do it yet. It bums me they're out. They're doing it. They're doing it great the, in the Avengers. They're doing it through the Avengers movies, yeah. which is kind of a bummer because they're far apart and you you get little yeah. bit little bit you yeah. you don't get a nice slice. and maybe and maybe i mean maybe they figure like that's kind of the fun is like you get to see a, a movie where hulk just goes crazy but like i don't know it almost feels like anymore they've completely forgotten think, about the ed norton hulk like that never happened and I, just be I like oh, no, like, no, no, no no i feel like the invincible hulk yeah the ed norton the, hulk the was, incredible hulk you mean yeah the yeah. incredible hulk was a really good movie i, I felt like I it was very it. solid i enjoyed I it saw it 
Uh, I liked it. It was really good. They don't. They yeah. do a great thing at the origin. They tell it in the opening credits, mm. and it's just right into it. Like, and then he's are. just running. And then at the very end, he fights the abomination. He turns a car into boxing gloves and says, "Hulk smash." Yeah, it's great. That's that's something that I would expect for a Hulk movie. Yeah. It made it the best. They, they did, actually he, they did. Does he a, do something with a tank? Is there a tank? Involved yes. In the yeah. Oh, yeah. There's he tanks. throws a tank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was a good it was it solid, was but it was definitely like you could still see that they were like. St- I feel like maybe they were like, "Oh man, Iron Man panned out better than we thought." Oh, okay, and then it's like that—that's their sophomore effort. It's like oh, not quite as good as the sophomore first slump. One. Yeah, you know, it's the sophomore slump. And but then, I wouldn't argue honestly yeah. that Thor like brought it back. I mean, Iron Man Two was like, "Well, we, well, we did good with Iron Man. We better make a second one of those first yeah. before we do anything else." Exactly. So, um, but that being said, I mean, like honestly, which one would I have to start it off with? That's such a tough question because none of them. I, I would well. definitely still start it with Cap. Yeah, you would st- you would start the, if you had to redo just the because MC- of no, chrono- if you had to redo the MCU, you'd start it with Cap as the first. Oh, movie. I thought we were talking about the no, no, the no, no, comics. no, no. We're talking about yeah. like the first movie out of these four characters. Oh, which one would you start it with. I mean, I yeah, guess, I like, would start it with Cap. I would. Mm, okay. Because you can you touch on a lot of different stuff, especially like Howard Stark, for yeah. example. Like, imagine if you saw Cap first and then saw Howard Stark, yeah, and then you saw Iron Man and go, "Hey, remember Howard Stark? This is his son." And you go, "Oh." Yeah. Yeah, but uh, now we're getting into fan because I, I could argue the exact opposite point that it's more interesting for people to know. Oh, it's it's the Star Wars Episode One principle. Oh, I want to know where Darth Vader came from. I want to know his backstory. Tell me more. Darth Vader is a precocious child. Yeah, but and, and, and that and turned out to be garbage. C3PO. But like that idea of like I want to see what happened before. Oh, there's something that happened before. Oh man, tell me about it. Like I don't know. I guess I have to still start with Iron Man. But even then, like. I don't know. It's but tough. It makes sense. But I that's feel like what Iron you're Man, arguing against. I just don't think this version of Iron Man would work as a movie. I don't think this. I think this is. It, it's not the same. It's not the same. There's no. There's not gravitas like the Hulk or like even even Captain America as as obvious as it was had more weight to it. I think well, this, this, I, this I would, Iron Man story. If if we had to you know restart it, if it was something that it was my decision before mm-hmm. any of this existed so like you know they're like hey chewy like okay we want to start you've read the books and all stuff where do we start i w- i would go with cap because chronologically you know you're setting the time you're putting the seeds in there that will eventually grow and flower into yeah. iron man and this and that you know and it's also i think uh, when you look at it pragmatically it's a period you know superhero piece so if Let's say they were like, okay, well, it didn't work out. It's like, okay, cool. It was just like a Captain America movie, kind of like just a, a Superman movie stands by itself or whatever. Um, but that's what I do because then you kind of see it grow and then you say, okay, now, boom, they all combine. Hey, remember these guys we've seen grow? Because what you were saying about the whole like uh, Star Wars and let's look at Darth Vader in the beginning. That's you know where it's like, okay, you started here in the middle, and then you're like, okay, well, let's go take a look back. If you start at Iron Man, you're doing the same thing. You're jumping back. I I disagree though. Here's where I here's here's where I disagree. I think that if you do a, a movie that's a period piece right off the bat, they're just gonna be like, that's weird. Why do we just see this movie? Why is there just random 194? I thought Captain America was around. Now what's going on? I don't know what's going on. I well, think, that's what they're doing with X Men First Class, and then Days of Future Past, and I, then um, Apocalypse. But but right. They do that, but what did we have before? We had X-Men. Okay. We had the first X-Men. We had a, something that was set in modern times with, at the time, modern technology, modern this. You're, you're, it, it, I, that's what I think. I think it's, 
it, they were smart to start with with a, a, a superhero that's pretty easy to get along with. He's a, he's a normal human guy. He hasn't been bitten by a radioactive spider. He got in a bad situation, and he used technology, something that in our society we're all familiar with, so you, to figure so out how to make him still a superhero. Start with Iron Man. Based on this version of Iron Man, I don't like this version of Iron Man. That's what I'm going to say. But I, if I had to start it over again, I can't view it any other way. I don't think if you're going to tell me one of the four Avengers, how would you start it? I would say which one would make the most sense in our world right now, which one's going to be the most popular? Probably Iron Man. And I would still argue out of all the Avengers, he's probably still the most popular. I think more kids like Iron Man than Captain America, if I, I, I would That's think. That's taking into account the current movie, though. But, but right. But, not, but, but, I, but, I, would, but I would say that answer. he's the most relatable for our society. I think where we're at, he's going to be the most, the most relatable person. That's Ryan? It. I think that Iron Man makes sense for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, on just in pure filmmaking level, yeah, it would be the simplest, yeah, because it takes place in essentially what one one set that mm-hmm. you could set the entire movie in that cave and it could end with him escaping, yeah, or you could make it bigger and then he goes home and makes a new version of the suit. It's that's from a filmmaking standpoint, small, yeah, and that's what you want for the first movie because you don't want to blow your whole budget on that and then it fails and then you're you're, yeah. you're washed out. So that makes sense. I think also the way that they're doing the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that they don't just give you, hey, there's superheroes and everything's crazy. They yeah. started small with a, some really smart guy build a robot suit. People build robot suits now in real life. They mm. don't fly and they don't have repulsor blasts and stuff. Yeah. But people make suits that are sort of like robot suits like that's starts relatively realistic. And then you go with, you know, it, it's, I feel like that's a good place to start. And and it's what they've been doing with a lot of things in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like if you look at the way the Marvel cinematic universe treats um, like mind control and like telepathy and that sort of thing, they started really, really small with Loki. Some crazy magic guy has a staff that can control yeah. people's minds. And then they, you know, slowly, see it a little bit more and now we have somebody in a movie who can control minds with their hands yeah. and then eventually we're going to get to the purple man who sort of you know changes the reality that you're capable of experiencing yeah. and you know so they so the way marvel cinematic universe does it is they start with something that is simple and easy for people to grasp and then once they're good with that once i'm good with the idea of a guy in a robot suit seems pretty doable yeah. then let's let's do the next thing a guy who was affected by so kind of like ease, easing easing your into, it. into it because yeah. because if you start with some guy got an injection and now he's a super soldier it's like well, that's kind of hooky I, I, I think but if you're already in a in a in a universe in which we have a guy who accidentally got caught in his own experiment and turned into a crazy monster well, and, and also, before that a guy who built his own you know, shooting suit. That's the, yeah, you know, that it slowly gets yeah, to the point where yeah. and now you've got, you know, raccoons running around in space, you yeah. know, it builds up to that. Yeah. It doesn't start with that. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, I mean, even super soldier, let's talk about cap. He was, that was mentioned in incredible Hulk. That's what the, before he became the abomination, they injected yeah. the super soldier serum and they like, it may not have the same effect on you that it had on uh, some other folks. Yeah. And for like nerds like me, I'm like, Oh, that's captain America. Yeah. But other people are like, Oh, they injected him with something. But like, I, I agree with Ryan. I think that the idea that you can go, okay, we have this modern thing. We have another modern thing. We have this, we're getting science. And then we throw, throw people for a little bit of a loop. Here's Thor. But how we explain Thor, it's like science, but magic is science. So that's yeah. it. And then you're like, okay, these all worked well. But now we're going to do Thor, a period they, piece. 
even something with that, Thor, it's like then. just a little bit. And we see Asgard yeah. for like a tiny amount and it's mostly on yeah. Earth. And it's not till like Thor 2 that we like spin the whole movie, whole movie in magic. And, and they yeah. don't. And the same with Guardians of the Galaxy. They're like, oh, now that you've seen Asgard as whole, look, here's space. Well, now that we've, you know, we've, and, we've pushed we pushed, you know, Thanos down your throat. We pushed like, look, there's all these, there's this space thing that Loki's yeah. involved with but space that's, people. That's what they've been doing the whole time yeah. with the Marvel Cinematic Universe is they yeah. introduce little ideas that so that the general public can get comfortable with it. And they're like, okay, you're comfortable with the aliens from space attacking New York. Now let's attack the aliens I, in space. I want to make it clear. I'm not suggesting oh, no, we I, change oh, the no, canon. Yeah, these, yeah. these guys had a hard job. I would I, not want yeah. to be the dude I'm just to saying, this all out. I'm just saying, if I was given those four books and I read them and they said, okay, we want to start building a cinematic universe, where do we start? I, I'd be like, well, let's start from the beginning and build forward. Mm-hmm. You know, but that... Luckily, I didn't have that job. <laughs> I wouldn't want that job either because I'd be like, I, I don't know. I think the other thing <laughs> that is a benefit for have, starting with Iron Man in the MCU is if they screwed it up, let's be real. At that point, who cares? cares about Iron Man? Iron Man wasn't, he's not the crown. Now he could be a crown jewel. Oh, yeah. In there, you know, all, all of the Avengers. But really, you know, I mean, you screw up Iron Man, people are like, Iron who? I don't, I don't remember that. Because then you could still go and do a Hulk movie. You could still oh, go and do And there had already been a Hulk that. movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, Hulk definitely had more, like, name recognition. Yeah. yeah. You can still go and do those other movies at, without being like, hey, wait a minute. Isn't this the same thing as Iron Man? Yeah, exactly. Where if you do Captain America, then, you know, you, you kind of mess that up. It's like, ugh. Oh, yeah. people now, I mean, even with this, we'll talk about more in Back Matter a little bit, but even with Daredevil. I just yeah. go, this is Daredevil. This is Daredevil. Devil. What yeah. what that show is? That's it. That yeah. not that Ben Affleck movie. Yeah. And people were like, "There's a Ben Affleck movie." I'm like, "Yes, yeah. don't ever watch <laughs> no, it." No, there isn't. You must never go there. Um. So yeah, but uh, I don't know. Any any final thought? Alan seems to have been like, just like I'm just gonna let them fight. <laughs> fight. They fight, they fight, they fight. Fight, 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 fight. So that is Chewie and Ian show, which is actually the other show. There's supposed to be four people on this one, but let's go with those two anyway. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay, let's. uh, So that's going to be it for the um, for. First Prince this time. That was a long one. But uh, next time we're going to go ahead and I'm going to tell you now, but I'll remind you at the end of the show, we're going to read the first ever Avengers comic that was put together. The first team where there's no Captain America. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's and that's going to be the first issue of the Avengers. That's what Woo! we're going to read next time. Oh uh, yeah. Ant-Man comes out of nowhere. That's right. Um, so uh, moving out of that and into uh, the four color character compendium, uh, we're going to go ahead and do, uh, speaking of Hulk, we'll do another monster type character. We're going to do the, the, He's green. the, and also green, the, the kind of the weird Christ-like, I guess, monster of the DC universe. Yeah. Um, which is, um, which is, uh, of course, uh, Alan Moore is really famous for this character, but you know, Len Wein is who created him as we'll find in a minute, a uh, swamp thing, uh, which a lot of you people are like swamp thing. Who the heck's that? So as we, as we always do open the great tome of character compendium. It was opened very quietly and quickly. Slid, Swamp slide and- to unlock. <laughs> and Ryan, as a resident comic historian, tell us about Swamp Thing. Sure. So Swamp Thing uh, is a DC character. Yes, he came great. about, uh, his first appearance is House of Secrets number 92, which came out July 1971 uh, in a standalone horror story set in the earliest 20th century. Uh, introduced and created by writer Len Wayne. Len Wine. Len who, Wine. Who also... Uh, came up with another character you may be familiar with. His name is Wolverine. Whoa. Oh. Uh, first drawn by Bernie Wrightson. Yes. Uh, he was sort of, he, and it was a horror story. He was a, it was sort of a creature from the 
you know, terrible swamp, yeah. scary monster kind of guy. Uh, and there's been a handful of different swamp things. Uh, their names almost always start with A. To, in but case, the most, I think the most prominent though is Alan Scott. Is that right? Um, no. Alan <laughs> yeah. Hallman. Uh, there's Alec, oh, Alex, Alex Olson, Alec, Alec, Alec Holland. Holland, Alec Holland. That's yeah. what it is. Alec Holland. Uh, so yeah, he's a sci- It's the classic scientist gets caught in a lab explosion, um, which was intended to kill him, uh, so that his coworker could marry his wife. <laughs> of course. Uh, but then he's physically altered by the chemicals and the forces within the swamp. Yes. And he turns into a monster called the swamp thing basically what it is is like it's she was working on this bio restorative um formula essentially and he in his death you know in the swamp or around the vegetation this bio restorative uh formula like resurrected let's say or gave this, this this plant these plants this vegetation uh, the ability to grow, you know, and and to build and to restore itself, and in doing so through proximity to being in the swamp or among the vegetation, he's death, this mass of vegetation essentially absorbed his consciousness and his memories. Mm-hmm. So basically, Whoa. it it's kind of like if at a given moment, this is gonna sound weird, but it'd be like if I killed Alan and he was holding like a cat or something. And then, so his soul and memories and consciousness jumped into the cat essentially, but it was less of that. It was just the vegetation, you know, absorbed it. So there is no Alec Holland anymore. There is a A collection of swampy stuff that thinks it's him. That that is his consciousness and stuff like that. So it's not like he turns into the the swamp swamp thing. thing. It's not like the Hulk where he turns back. He's always this. He's just always this. Yeah. So his life sucks. And well, I mean, and he falls. I mean, there is a a lady person who who like there's there's a lot of romance when it comes to swamp thing, which is weird. I think that's more. uh, We'll talk about recommended reading, but that's more Alan Moore's doing i would argue yeah alan moore made him into sort of like a like a like a like the speaker of the trees made him into like an end what they call the green in the dc universe which is like what combines all plant life he's a plant elemental originally originally a lot of that mana right yeah yeah originally the way that it was set up is that he is tapped into essentially the life force of everything living yeah um and through that you know like the speed force but greener exactly (laughs) well yeah no it's a lot like the speed force because there's also like the bleed which is like the people and animals force that animal man taps into so eventually that's that's what we get the red oh yeah Yeah. but that wasn't always the case it was kind of like all living things were green at Uh, first and eventually they kind of like well what if there's the red yeah yeah um but where do sponges fit? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you have that, you know, and it's kind of an interesting thing because he's tapped into all of that at once. So it's like you can chop down a tree in Minnesota and he could be in like New York and he feels that he's like that Native American crying yeah. because of the and, littering. And it's like and a thousand voices cried a out and suddenly we're he, silent. He can also use it as a power. So like the, think of it like a plant version of the flash. So he could literally, he's in this body made of all the swamp stuff and he can literally, his consciousness can literally drop that body, go through the green and go someplace else. Yeah. So he wants to, in exam, for example, in one of the, the stories um, that, 
Alan Moore wrote where he goes basically at my, in one of my favorite little, it's a two issue miniseries um, where Abby gets basically Abby Arcane, which is his girlfriend. Um, who's in love with him. Uh, and there's a whole backstory with her father being kind of like, kind of like, you know, in the Hulk, we have general Thunderbolt Ross and all that, and how he hates the Hulk. Same sort of idea here with, with Swamp Thing. Um, but she gets basically, as she's living in like Louisiana or whatever, and they push her out of yeah. town until like, you need to, like you plant lover, you're messed up. Like what you do is not right. And so they, so like, they basically remember, put out a warrant for her arrest. So, so you remember in uh, Marvel how there yeah. was X Men and that was like the civil rights yeah, thing. Like mutants, yeah, yeah, mutants in DC or Vertigo. You had uh, Swamp Thing. It's like, hey man, like all love is real love, man. <laughs> Our so, love but is she real. Gets, she gets chased out and she makes her way to Gotham City. Oh, our love is real. It's <sighs> true. And she makes her way. She makes her way to Gotham City. And there's a point where. Basically, there's a point where there's a court thing and they're going to put her in court. And, and Alec Holland comes through. He's got all she has. She has a single rose that was sent to her. And he comes, he uh, like basically makes a body through that flower. Like, yeah. it, and stuff starts like springing up through the courtroom for like wooden floors and like anything that's like plant, he can basically do. And then as soon as he's done, boom, he drops that body. It's a husk and he goes someplace else. It's that quick. Crazy. So that's kind of one of his superpowers. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of romance in this book. It's a, it's a lot of like, like I'm so in love with you uh, and I'm so in love with you. It's like, honestly, it's like if you have a lady who's into romance stuff and you're trying to get her into some comics, be like, well, look how much this plant monster loves One of the lady. things we see <laughs> like with Marvel is you have the Hulk as, you know, like yeah. he can feel things, you know, or like we saw in, 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 in yeah. the Hulk that we read, yeah. you know, he, he loves her, but he turns into this monster and so it's tragic. But I think like Alan Moore just thought, okay, that's fine. But he can still during the day yeah. be with her, and then at night he just kind of werewolves out and becomes Gray Hulk, right? Yeah. What if you didn't have that option? What if he was just always a monster? There's some trippy issues of Alan Moore Swamp Thing, like where yeah. she eats the tubers, and that's like yeah. their version of of adult grown up times. <laughs> it's well, weird. So Alan Moore, <laughs> Alan Moore's run on Swamp Thing like established yeah. most of the swamp thing stuff. It's exactly. one of the few like Alan Moore establishing main DC continuity stories that yeah. exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, plus the whole, the, the Alan Moore saga, the swamp thing was one of the first comics that just st- decided like, Oh, we don't need the comics code authority. Yeah. <laughs> so we can do whatever we want. And they just, took the the approved by comics code authority Label stamp off the and cover and they're like whatever we're still gonna sell but surely it that's not mattering after it's like the first unrated like yeah. comic after the rating system came out it's like when we're like wait we could just do an unrated movie yeah, yeah. it won't be rated and so you won't blah, blah 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 all right it's unrated um yeah <laughs> yeah it's a voluntary rating system um so that's kind of like my recommendation i would say is the alan moore stuff but i know chewy has read a lot of the some of the more recent Swamp Thing stuff. You had the Scott Snyder run when they did the New 52. Yeah. You really seem to like that New a lot. New 52. I mean, it's Scott Snyder writing. We read Scott Snyder writing uh, Superman, and it wasn't necessarily that great because it's Superman. But Swamp Thing is an interesting character. Um, I don't think that Scott Snyder just has the affinity for Superman. I think that's what it is. Well, I mean, he, Swamp Thing is an interesting character like like Batman is. Superman's you know, an interesting character if you do it right. Anyway, yeah. continue. <laughs> you might case. disagree, but we'll in prove that. We'll, we'll just prove that to New you. New 52 point. Swamp Thing, um, fantastic. Uh, the Not the whole first uh, 12 issues is called the same thing. They're like mini arcs or whatever, but it all leads up to this um, arc called Rot World. 
and there's crossover with uh, Animal Man and all that stuff. But it's fantastically drawn. You have uh, artwork from Yannick Paquette uh, on there, and he's amazing at, at doing that. And then you also have uh, Charles Soule eventually uh, as well. So that's my recommendation and it's you know it's got like a modern you know telling on it and all that sort of stuff so that's pretty cool but i mean what's not to love he's a giant green plant guy and he can you know like manifest things out of the plants he can sometimes fly he can heal he can do lots of cool things sweet swamp thing swamp thing's been written by like Kind of a who's who of comic book writers. Yeah. I know Grant Morrison did a little bit of a stint. Yeah. Mark Millar did. Mm-hmm. Alan Moore. There's a Brian K. Brian K. Vaughn. Yep. Andy Diggle. Joshua Dysart. Like, it's just like. He's a pretty deep character. Uh, didn't you say something like that Alan Moore said a quote, like, I'm trying to tell a story about environmentalism. This big swamp monster is getting in my way. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Like, you said some wacky quote. Or yeah, like, yeah. Oh, Alan. You, why do you write comics if you hate them so Speaking much? Speaking of Alan. Alan, what do you think about also, Swamp Thing? He was in Blackest Night, wasn't he? Sort of, um, as uh, it's been a while. I, I don't know if I read that particular crossover. Um, oh, okay. It's been I'm a sorry, while. Like like no, he was. I mean, everybody Brightest was. Brightest Day, it said that he was corrupted by the villain Necron. Oh, Necron is important. Something yeah. happened. I'll have to go back and read it because <laughs> I, I don't remember continuity. that particular part. I mean, he's also been parts of teams, too. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, uh, Justice League Dark. Mm-hmm. Right. That was something they did recently. Mm-hmm. Something they did recently. John there. Constantine came out of the Swamp yeah, Thing. Yeah, they book. actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. he went to hell with John Constantine. They but I mean, like the, the John Constantine, the character, yeah, mm-hmm. came correct. out of the the Swamp Thing book. Correct, he did. Yeah, that's that absolutely correct. Yeah, and his uh, his main foe though is um, his main squeezes uncle. Yeah, Anton, Anton Arcane. Arcane. Yeah, and he's just <laughs> like an agent of death. That's mm-hmm. all he is. Yep. He's, it's messed up. <laughs> it's messed up when you see uh, when you see some of that stuff later on in uh, in Rot World and all that stuff. But um, yeah, man, it's pretty cool. There's a movie. There's a Swamp Thing movie. Oh boy, Rotten Tomatoes have has given it three stars. <laughs> three stars. Three stars. Out of what? Uh, what's the percent rating? What's the fresh? I don't know. Let's that? find out. Let's find out the fresh rating. There was an animated 60, show 64? in the really early nineties. Sixty four. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There was also an animated the show. Animated the show. That was I, think the, I think the Swamp Thing movie was a Wes Craven movie. Yes, it was. Yeah. I had a Swamp Thing figure as a kid, and as an adult, I also didn't have a Swamp Thing figure. Yep. As, as yeah. As an adult, so I have. I, a, I like Swamp Thing. I have a. Um, a sketch points of articulation. A commission sketch from Yannick Packet. I got a, a free sketch cool. on free comic book day, yeah. which we'll talk about here in a minute of yeah. Swamp Thing. Because I want because I saw the guy who was there like draw monsters and I thought, oh, here's a fun monster. Yeah. Let's do that. So uh yeah, but that's Swamp Thing. Uh, there's some recommended reading there for you. Uh Alan Moore, of course. Uh, but there's a who's who to throw a dart and I'm sure you'll pick something that you'll like. But uh personally I recommend the Alan Moore stuff. I know Chewie likes the Scott Snyder uh stuff so you guys, guys can check that out and check out swamp thing he's a he's a big green love machine not hey, to be confused yeah. with uh marvel's man thing no different yeah, <laughs> different yeah. although i do have a giant size man thing that's true you do i do that's the, a comic that i have the <laughs> female lead in uh swamp thing from 1982 movie 
Adrian Barbeau. Oh, <laughs> Build me an Adrian Barbeau bot. Um, so moving into back matter, we have man. It's been a few weeks since we recorded. And there's a lot of stuff that's happened. We so have so much stuff to cover. We're gonna we're gonna do as best we can here to get all this in here. All right, everybody, um, strap in. I want to I want to preface this by yes. saying Daredevil and. Avengers Age of Ultron. Avengers. 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 Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, yes. So we are talking about releasing and we so, have a title for right, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, Chewy, tell yeah. us. So there are times, there come times in podcasts that talk about comic book related stuff where there's in an age, a golden age of comic book related movies and TV shows in which we want to discuss things that happen on these shows or in these movies. And just in general, movies and TV shows in general that are big things, you know, in movies and TV shows in which that we want to discuss, but then we're like, Oh, well we, we, can't or we have to wait or we have to kind of tiptoe around it because it's so new not everyone's seen age of ultra not everyone's watched all of daredevil Um, not everyone's caught up on this or that show or whatever it is and there's times where you know we we want to talk about that stuff so we've decided hey there's also a couple other podcasts on this network that center around movies and the same thing happens in eyes in the dark and super action bros where there's a new movie that we want to talk about and we don't want to spoil it for anyone because we have good you know movie watching etiquette and, and and internet etiquette and all that sort of stuff so what we decided to do was we want to spoil it for everyone but voluntarily so we will be doing a spoiler cast, a movie slash TV yeah. show spoiler cast. We haven't come up with an official name for no it. No official so. name for it yet. Because there is a spoiler cast that exists. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, right now. It's the Stuff and Things Network, Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Untitled uh, spoiler, podcast. untitled spoiler podcast, <laughs> which that will be. Don't search for that. It's yeah. not existence yet. Doesn't exist yet. We will be tweeting and talking about it and, we're gonna, and we're gonna pushing figure that it. Out. It's gonna have an inconsistent release schedule. It'll be basically as movies or TV shows come out and we watch them and we feel like talking about them before everyone else has a chance to, we will create an episode for those. So for example, there will be a daredevil episode. There Mm. will be an age of Ultron episode, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So now that you understand that we can tiptoe around bits and pieces of it here, but then you could hear the whole shebang and you might hear a lot of our friends on there too. Yeah. Yeah. So be ready for that. Anyway, going Um, into back matter for now. So first things first, let's talk about suggestions for names. Let's yes, please send them to us at four color pod on Twitter. Yes. Um, or you can email us any anywhere you like. Stephanthingsnetwork uh, dot com if you like. Um, so uh, I do have some mail. We do get a little bit of mail. Some mail. of it was about, some of it was about Daredevil. I know Trevor reached out to us and asked us about Daredevil <laughs> and some recommended reading. We talked a little bit about. Um, we read the Kevin Smith run, or yeah. I read a little bit of the Kevin Smith run. I like that personally. I think if you're going to look classic Daredevil or something that's really going to hold up well, any Frank Miller Daredevil work is good. Um, I know we did this four issue miniseries that I think a lot of the series is based on called Man uh, Man Without Fear. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good little four issue run that kind of gives you a it's almost like Dark Knight Returns. It's like those premium format books. I think the yeah. Mark Wade run was up for an Eisner, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah the Mark, Mark Wade, Wade run, run as well. As well really as good. there was one other that one. That's Marvel now, right? 
Yeah. Uh, well, uh, he's been doing it before. For it long went long yeah. time. Yeah. It transcended. Um, yeah. And then there was another one before that that's really good as well. That's before Mark Wade took it over. There's one right in between there that did really well as well. But I'm uh, yeah, I'm blanking on that too. But it, honestly, Daredevil's been having pretty consistently good comic books for a while. It's just that Ben Affleck movie kind of uh, kind of screwed him over a little bit. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question, Trevor, there's a lot. Throw a rock. Um, we also have a couple yeah, from Charlie, a couple U52 submissions. Um, one is half done. He said he wants to really spend his time on the... Um, on the uh, sketch of uh, Flex Luther and the oh. Hulk. Yeah. He's taking his time with it. He decided to go with Over the Top. Sorry, guys. Okay. He's okay. going to do some arm wrestling. But there's, there's kind of an update on it. I don't know if that's supposed to be Lex Luthor or the Hulk. I can't really tell. Yeah. But so um, we're getting there. Yeah, we're oh, getting man, there. Man, look at those muscles. But he did finish that other sketch we talked about of Thor knocking Deadpool's head off as if it was a T-ball. Yeah. Uh, it's a quick little sketch, but What's it's this? cutesy. Yeah, let's it see. It looks like it was done on the, like, the back of a letter. He probably was like, oh, man, I got to send this to him. Take your time, dude. If it takes you a few episodes, don't good. worry about it. We just want to yeah. see We want to see good drawings. Not that this isn't good. Oh, it's great. It's better cool. than I can draw. I look like I draw like garbage. <laughs> but he obviously did a quick sketch. The baseball like, is going into his head. <laughs> he hits a baseball at Deadpool's head, and, and that causes his head to fly off. Yes, It's like a Mortal Kombat finishing move. Yeah, is what it actually is. happened there. Finish him. Um, so that's, that's all we have from the Fatality. mailbag. But, man, we got some topics to cover. So um, let's start off with, um, let's start off light. Yeah, Alan, you said you had a podcast recommendation for our, for our listeners. Um, what's the name of the podcast? Uh, if, that I, you... I swear, if it's a competing comic book podcast. No, there's no competition. We're the best. <laughs> We're the best. <laughs> Around. We're the best at what we do. What we do isn't very nice. We're good. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> We're good. Uh, so, uh, actually, it is a comic book podcast, but it's not competing because it fills the niche. Uh, niche? Niche, niche. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, okay. It fills the hole that we don't. Uh, that we don't. Which is um, recommended to me a little while a while ago. Called Rachel and Miles explain the X Men. I've heard of the show. Mm-hmm. It's a really good show. They go through it. They go through the entire run issue by issue. Right now they're up to issue fifty five. So oh, they're still wow. like all Claremont stuff. And they break down each one, and they talk about what happens in the issue, what the motivations are, what each thing means as it so happens. It's like That's a review awesome. show they do for each issue. And they do all their research. It's not just like, oh, we've read this. It's like, okay, the last issue I read, uh, listened to, they were like, oh, we don't know so much about this, but our friend does. So here's him to tell you about yeah. it. That's sweet. Um, and so it's a really awesome fun. And it's, I think it's like 45 minutes. So they, cool. they break it down pretty quickly. Well, um, yeah. Is it available on iTunes and stuff? I'm yes, guessing. it is. I'm cool. subscribed to it. Um, I maybe, highly recommend it. We have a rec- we have like a recommended link section on the um, on the blog. Maybe I'll put Ryan in charge of adding that one to our recommended yeah. like podcast because I know we have Fat Man on Batman on there. <laughs> so we'll tweet Thanks. out. We'll tweet out the link too. Sweet. Yeah. Um, it was so, entertaining. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, f- let's keep it also light. Let's talk about Free Comic Book Day. Yeah, uh, Chewie and Very I and Ryan all participated in Free Comic Book Day this year. Alan hates comics, so he Alan didn't. had to, Alan has true. to work, but he would have loved to have been there. But um, <laughs> I got some. I participated for like half an hour. You did, <laughs> but you participated. Um, and Ryan got two kids in tow. Yeah, that's true. He did. Um, but Chewie and I got some of the actual books recommended from the day. We got the issue of the Tick that came out. Yeah, uh, they released a, co- a new a new Tick comic. Uh, I got Terrible Lizard. Which it looks like is like yeah. it looks like it's either like I don't know it looks kind of like super dinosaur or yeah, like um, it looks 
It's, okay. it's weird looking, but it looks fun. It's weird looking, and it's got bright colors. And they had a lot of stuff. They had a Fight Club book that came out. It's right. like a Fight Club adaptation. I know they're supposed to do it's a sequel. Fight Club 2. Yeah. Is, is that the first, I, I, is that I first think, part of I Fight Club 2? I thought that it was. Yeah, that's um, what it was supposed to be. And I know, well, there's a Hip Hop Family Tree, which bought me out. I couldn't we get couldn't, it. Yeah, Ryan said that's really to hard to get. Yeah. Um, I got the big two bucks. I was very close to buying a, to, to grabbing a Sonic the Hedgehog one, but then I remember my awesome. friend wanted my the Bob's son. Burgers one, so I grabbed that for him. I got the Phantom. Mm-hmm. You did get that. You know, it's the oh. Phantom. Motorcycle Samurai. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Samurai. Book, and I grabbed that too. Yeah, nice. me too. So dude. we picked that up. Um, I had a friend of mine actually, um, Mike. He was like, "Oh, you got you know free comic books and stuff like that." And I was like, what'd you get? He's like, oh, I got this and that. He's like, I got this book, Motorcycle Samurai. It's awesome. I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. We read that on the podcast. We read that on the show. You're obviously not listening. We, all, we okay. also got some free sketches done yeah. at our comic book store. Oh, um, yeah, that's what true. Was, what's the gentleman's name? I keep forgetting his name. Ron. I can't remember his last name. I think it's Ron Jonah or something. Is that it? I'm sorry. It starts sure with a J. But it's he, his... Um, his Sketches are really fun. I'm he likes drawing. Grab my sketch real quick. That's fine. Um, I'll, I'll explain. So he likes drawing monsters. Um, and in fact, I have my sketch right here too. But my sketch is of a swamp thing. But about midway through, I showed it to Ryan. About midway through the sketch, he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. I was kind of drawing swamp thing." So he has a little bit of uh, Eddie from Iron Maiden, and like cause he has like <laughs> these bare teeth. I'm like, I like it, man. That's awesome. Looks like a swamp thing gets mad. But <laughs> he was he really likes drawing thing. monsters. So I figured have drawn monsters. Thing. So mo- the swamp thing because he was getting a lot of. Can I get the Hulk? Can I get yeah. Superman? Can I get? And he, I'll be honest, he has a really great versatile art style. He has this really cool drawing that he did. This ink, just black and white ink drawing of Cthulhu that is extremely detailed. It's very much like the Godzilla stuff that we saw tonight. It's extremely that level of detail. Wow. Um, but Chewie wanted to have an even weirder, more bizarre quest. He I wanted like, to outweird me in the monster. I was department. like, he likes you know monsters and stuff, and I was like, okay, would well, be kind of interesting to see. Um, and I so I'm like, you know what? Why not? Because no one else is going to ask him for it. I'll take one Starro, please. Starro, <laughs> so nice Starro. I got a Starro. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a pretty metal oh, star. upside down Starro. There it is. That's nice. Starro. But for those of you who don't know who Starro is, Starro is a giant space starfish who conquers planets by putting little Starros on your face and making we'll, you do his bidding. We'll have to do a character compendium <laughs> of Starro <laughs> at some point. Starro the Conqueror. Um, but yeah, free comic book day was a lot of fun. Um, it was, uh, it, it's neat. It's a lot of people out there. A lot of people who, you know, who we, uh, we had like a nice little five, t- 10 minute talk with a strange, this, 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 I was gonna say strange girl, but she was just a girl who was a stranger. I had no idea, but she's really big on Marvel. And so we're talking about oh, yeah. Avengers and daredevil and what we thought and all that stuff. I have one more thing for show and tell. Keep talking. Yeah. So, I mean, free comic book day it's is just something, by the way, for just for those of you listening. like, what's that? There's for a day I can get free comic books. Uh, it's, uh, the first Saturday of May every year. Uh, comic book stores put on a uh, free comic book day where you can go in and they have a selection of books and, the, and a free comic book uh, you can pick up. Usually they'll let you pick up quite a few. So and a lot of times it's good stuff. Like I got the Secret Wars thing that they're doing. So that they announced Marvel's doing that new Secret Wars and oh, all yeah. that. So I got the little like preview for that, which is pretty cool. So yeah, it's a good way, great way to get started in comic books. And especially if you have kids, great way to get some comic books in their hands for free for zero dollars. Yeah, and they're starting to have, uh, there's also the Halloween Comics Fest, which uh-huh. is gaining more traction. It's sort of the fall free comic book day it's usually the saturday before halloween and for you collectors and like people who love comics usually a lot of these stores also have sales on free comic book day oh, chewy yeah. chewy had quite the find well technically i'm gonna take a little credit and say i found it but you i handed it, it to you yeah. astonishing x-men number one he got it for a buck 
Yeah. Oh. <laughs> which is, which is kind of a hard also to some find. older, like, because, you know, all the sales and stuff they do too, like being that, like, hey, like people are coming in here. Let's have mm. sales. You know, um, I got, um, th- there, there was a whole bunch of stuff and there was like a lot of old, like Silver Age, like, it, bronze age like beat up books and stuff Mm -hmm. there were some that were in more decent condition so i picked those up just interesting covers i got this one i think it was like strange adventures i forgot what it was but it had like it had uh, the specter on the front and it was like this weird like it just looked really cool i got that and i got like world war hulk i got some brubaker cap i got um, uh yeah i got some (laughs) so i got some cool things too i almost i was tempted ryan uh-huh. I was tempted to get because I saw number one, Neil Adams, Batman Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> and I had it in my stack and I was like, oh, no. Bruce <laughs> nah. Wayne Batman. Bruce Wayne Batman. Um so that Is was it possible I tricked you. And should we got one more little new friend up so I, I this was not free, but I want to talk about him because I like him. So um if you are looking for little stuffed animal plushy style things custom made to order, if you have a girlfriend or a kid who likes like, or you just like, or you yourself, yeah, and you like like comic book stuffed animals or like little cutesy little plushies, but you're like, man, I just can't find a swamp thing plushie. Why yeah. doesn't that exist? My kid wants to Why doesn't with a Starro plushie exist? My kid really thought uh, Ultron. Starro plushie. My, my kid really thought Ultron was sweet in that movie. And he's and that sweet, like nice. Yeah. So he really wants to snuggle with him. Why can't there be a stuffed, snuggly, yeah. you know, uh, version of him? Yeah. Well, we've got you covered. Yeah. So you could find her on Instagram. She makes them custom to order. Um, it's at Mojo Plush. Um, find her on Instagram. Hit her up. She does great work. It's all custom order. And she'll do stuff, even if it's not comic book related. So if you're like, I want, I want a pizza plushie, she'll probably make you that too. And it's awesome. And the attention to detail is great. And you'll see more pictures of my Deadpool here because my Deadpool's cool. Sweet. Deadpool. So that was a free comic book day. All right. Now I get into the nitty gritty. Let's start with the least. Let's start with, let's start with the Marvel of it all. Um, we'll, we'll tiptoe around the spoilers. So we won't talk about those guys, but let's, let's talk about Fantastic Four. Coming yeah. out soon. They had a new full kind of full length trailer that shows Doctor Doom. <laughs> kind of Interstellar. It kind of it's Interstellar Fantastic Four is what it looks like to me. I'm in yeah. total agreement. Interstellar CW. It, you know what? It, it, <laughs> might, it might be good. It might be okay. I don't know. I'm, I I don't know. I've had a lot of people asking me like, "Hey, have you seen that? Like, I'm excited about that and stuff." So, I, I I've heard a lot of people that are not, let's say, diehard comic book fans. Uh huh saying like man i'm really excited about it because those other ones weren't that great and i think it's kind of cool that you have these non let's say you know diehard comic book fans that kind of recognize yeah the other ones weren't very good and i want that story done well so i at least the fan base even from the non-diehards is still there which i think is kind of cool because that's going to be let's say the swing vote yeah. You know what I mean? That's going to be cautiously optimistic about this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, as of right now, I'd go see it. Probably not opening night. I, I wouldn't make like a thing of it, but no, I mean, I, I think I, we're I all going to check see it out. It. I think like, we're all going to see here's it. Here's what I'll do. Like on a day, like on a Saturday, 
Uh, remember when I kept watching Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. And how one of those times I saw it for five dollars. Five. Because I went like during the day, like like kind mm. of matinee. To, uh, yeah, at the uh, at the marketplace theater. Mm, there, an old man. I'm gonna go for a matinee show. <laughs> and I, I'll see Fantastic Four for five bucks. Yeah, that's one more than four. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. That's you, Fantastic Four plus you. <gasps> you you're paying. You're paying for all four of them and Doctor Doom to show up. Yeah, it's yeah, true. That's true uh, i don't know i i'm willing to give it a shot and i'm willing to i mean uh, i don't know i love the fantastic four and it kind of super young space explorers it. team go yeah i do i like them um so, so yeah. i mean it looks the thing looks really good i like the way they're doing the thing i like that he's a giant like rock monster there's and some promising cg and he's not like it. he's not like perfectly smooth head thing with little rocks that it's perfectly still fit. It's, he's like a big like like hulking monster no no pun intended right <laughs> hulking monster he's still it still has a ton of batman paint on it no though. it does it absolutely which does. i don't think is the feeling that i would go for if i were making a fantastic four movie that's fair yeah. that's fair um let's yeah, talk but it, it'll yeah. sell yeah, that's the thing. Let's let's jump back to comic news real quick. They have announced officially the title and uh, who the creative team is for. Guess what, Alan? They're doing a Dark Knight Returns three. Why? Yeah, what? Frank Why? Miller, Brian Azzarello, and Frank Miller. They've huh. announced the creative mm-hmm. team. The name of the book, and I don't know if oh. this is an official image. Can I say? But it? the image they showed okay. was an image of Batman. That Batman on the line on a white square or white rectangle. With a very popular other superheroes logo right next to him, but you may have seen this before, bleeding down, and the name of the book is Chewy. Go ahead. Dark Knight Three, the Master Race. Oh, oh Nazi gosh. Superman! Here it oh, comes, here kids. Here comes Frank. Uh, take this from somebody who just started reading the Dark Knight. Uh, Dark Knight Returns to Dark Knight Strikes Again, or whatever it is. Oh boy, <laughs> oh Frank. You you oh, you've been reading it? Yeah, yeah. Ryan, I, I, Ryan, I was telling Ryan him, started reading it. I had, I had just started reading Dark Knight Strikes again for the first time. I feel like I oh boy, curious. I feel like oh we're gonna boy. have to do it as a first print. No, <laughs> because Never. then when Master Race comes out, then we can do that. Oh god, he's got a point. I, listen, you see we what ha- Ryan's doing. That's what I was doing Ian. when I was reading. It. Ian, we have an obligation on this show. Oh. Sometimes we have to do things that aren't fun. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes we have to do things just because sometimes the toilet needs to be cleaned. Okay. All right. You know. That's a little <laughs> one day. Um, I'm just saying. Speaking of that, before we get to, we have one more Frank Miller piece of kind of business. We'll get to that in a minute. But let's talk about another DC movie. Let's talk about Suicide Squad. There's been yeah. some couple Suicide Squad things were released. We'll start with the with the more recent one. We'll start with the cast photo that they they posted a photo of pretty much the entire cast of Suicide Squad. Sans one person who'll be making a cameo, as we know. It looks like it's going straight to TV. It doesn't. I, I'll be honest. It does I not. Wasn't look high. a fan. I don't. I don't mind Will Smith so much. I think he looks kind of weird with like a beard and no hair. Will but, Smith looks kind of cool, but I don't yeah. know. I don't. I don't cool. care for. I mean, it let's very, put this way: the picture was very black. Yeah, like it was really and just Killer dark. Killer Croc was in like. Yeah, Killer Croc. Killer did Croc. Not Ian, Killer Ian. Croc looked like a Goomba from the Mario <laughs> Bros. Yes! movie. Yep. I said the same thing. Which yeah. you can imagine <laughs> me as loving Killer Croc. Be yeah. very disappointed. None too, none too happy. None too happy. Well, then they showed more pictures today. They released more pictures of Margot Robbie as as Harley Quinn and her. Oh God! It, nope. It, get out. It makes sense compared to the next thing we're going to talk to. They look like they'd be a couple, uh, but Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn has a shirt on that says "Daddy's Little Monster." No. Also, oh, did you see um, oh, Bruce Timm's reaction to it? 
Uh, but there's Will Smith. He looks pretty good. He's looking good as Deadshot. I can buy it. Will Smith looks good. I think. I believe it. The, I mean, there's also apparently Katana is going to be. Yeah, yeah. Katana's in Suicide Squad. squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, that looks pretty legit. But then you also have like other like El Diablo is one of the guys I, apparently, I and he just yeah. looks like some weird <clears throat> guy, some kind of guy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, the, the, I had a lot of hope. So but far, you know what? Maybe it'll be funny. Maybe this, it'll be fun. This could be DC's funny movie. Maybe, Maybe this they're is saving DC's up Guardians all their smiles the for this one. This could Maybe. be their Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, hopefully. And let's talk about the next thing then. But after, after it, it kind of looks like they're phoning it in a little bit we'll with see. this group's character design. We'll see. Speaking of character design, pouches. Let's There's talk about another person that'll appear in that movie. That is the the boyfriend of of Margot Robbie. Let's talk about Hot Jared Topic Leto's. Joker. Real quick, uh, yes. Bruce Tim did a uh, interview apparently with oh, Io Nine. I just read this. Yeah, I was reading it says, Did you see the new Suicide Squad pick? Uh, pick? Did you like it? I just saw the pic like a couple hours ago. It was interesting. I was frankly a little nervous about what Harley would look like, but I thought she looked really cool, so I'm optimistic. We'll see. She's not <laughs> wearing a, a black ah, and red corset like Bruce those... Tim uh, charm, that happy like, go like lucky Bruce Tim. Well, she's not naked, Bruce so Bruce Tim won't like her. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Shots fired. There you go. Um, but uh, the Joker. Let's talk about the Jared Leto. There's a Joker pic that's online. It's been getting a lot of crap. Hot Topic Joker. You know, here was my initial impression. When I first saw it, I didn't care for it. And yeah. I was like, this is dumb. But then I said, to my head, I was like, I don't, I just don't think that goes well with, with like, you know, Ben Affleck Batman. And Ryan goes, Ryan, I was texting Ryan, Ryan goes, what are you talking about? That's absolutely the kind of guy that Batman as Ben Affleck would beat the crap out of. And I'm like, oh, you're totally right. Yeah. Okay. I kind of, I kind of like it a little bit more now. Um, Am I in love with it? They've rolled no. back a lot of. They've backpedaled a lot, saying like this was not necessarily final art, and, yeah. and Jared I mean, Leto sort yeah. of took some took some uh, liberties with our design before we were ready to yeah. release it. I didn't really care for the damaged on the forehead. I thought that was a little long. Damage yeah. looks dumb. You know what I think they should do? Because he has the ha 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 yeah. tattoo. I didn't mind that. I thought that was kind of neat. Honestly, cool. I like it, but I would turn it more into scar tissue than a tattoo. Yeah, but then you're just doing. Then you're just doing Heath Ledger again. Okay. I feel like this is a mix. This of, is never gonna go away. I feel like this is a Let's mix. Let's just be done then. You know, if if every if if Heath Ledger <laughs> was the end all be all well. of Joker, <laughs> let's just be done. No. So I don't have to see these stupid what, movies anymore. What, what Ian is saying, <laughs> what Ian is saying, is that if you go in that direction, if you do that, you're just doing the same version of the same character. I'm right? a you're devil's doing, advocate. You, you, There's okay. someone who's gonna say, "Oh, he legend Simpsons yes, did it." Somebody's gonna Simpsons say that. Simpsons did it, Alan. <laughs> Put him back in here's his stupid what purple pimp no, 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 suit. No. Let's here's, just call it a day, shall what, we? Here's what I think. Because it's apparently here's what, what wants. I think. Here's what I think. I think that this version is a is a is absolutely someone like Ben Affleck, Batman would beat the heck out of. I agree. I think this is a nice cross pollination of Jack Nicholson Joker. And Heath Ledger Joker. I think you've got a little more, rather than the kind of grungy look, you have more of a punk rock, pop punk sort of Joker. I agree. But he looks joyous. He looks happy. He looks like he'll be funny. I hope you that one day we can jokes. get a Joker that's funny. Yeah, and, and, I, and I hope that Jared Leto has that. I think one, one thing that was like, you, I remember you were like, <laughs> I don't, I remember you were like, I don't like the metal teeth. Or but like, then you, be, you brought up an interesting yeah, point so about I'm the metal like, teeth. It, it, you're like it doesn't make sense. Why would he have that? I'm like, because he's getting them knocked out all the time. <laughs> Batman's beating that guy. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm good like, point. Or let's say he doesn't. 
he's crazy and he yeah. pulls his teeth out for fun when he's bored. <laughs> I <laughs> like, don't know. Joker, that's I mean, why. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I like that. Some of the tat quote unquote tattoos I wasn't a fan of, but I like the ha-has. I like, some people were like, they didn't like the little J by the eye. That I'm didn't like, bother me so much. I yeah. like that because you know what? In today's day and age, when you kill a dude, you get a tattoo by your eye. That's what you do. Yeah. You get a teardrop tattoo. I think there were things that work about it and things that don't. Yeah. I'm like kind of upset that everybody gave it so much crap because that's not how they would do Joker. But here's one thing that a lot of people didn't like the new Ninja Turtles movie. A lot of because did. Huh? a lot of people did. And some people did. Honestly, I liked it as soon as I realized these are not the Ninja Turtles who grew up in the 80s. Yeah. If you imagine Ninja Turtles growing up in 2000, 2010, mm-hmm. they're perfect. You can't That's see this. Point. You can't hear this, but I'm pointing very firmly at <laughs> yeah. Alan because this is what I've been saying. That's I'm absolutely like, right. This is today's Joker. If there was a Joker that came up in our world today, he would absolutely be covered in tattoos he would absolutely have a face tattoo and look like that he wouldn't be primp and proper you know now that being said i don't want to see the joker in jeans and a t-shirt i think that'd be a cop out you know i like the punk right you know give him like you know a a button down shirt a purple button down shirt you know and like suspenders give him him a tie give him some yeah dress him dress him like dress him like a rockabilly dude exactly that'll work give him a a, like that's that's a good look look at fringe cultures and figure out like how to pull from that (laughs) yeah yeah dress him in a hot topic have you ever have you ever heard of scumbag gentleman scumbag Mm -mm. like that that's like that style where you see you've seen it because you see it in like a lot of new school barbers and tattoo shops where they wear the suspenders the button down shirts and like me, you know, maybe like the caps or whatever, like, you know, gentlemen would wear, but they are covered in tattoos, have piercings and beards and stuff yeah. like that. It's that new, it's a new thing, scumbag culture, but you have that, you bleed it into that. You just like, okay, he dresses like this, you know, but he's totally a low life. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, one more, one more big thing. Speaking of Joker and Batman, there was a Batman for Superman Don Justice trailer that was released. That yes. happened. Chewie was really excited about it. I was excited about it. Chewie, why were you excited about it? Because before we saw that, we'd thrown out the term superhero spin art. Yeah. Okay. And part of that was because it's like, okay, it doesn't seem to have any direction. They're just like, and then this guy, and then this guy, and then this guy. This trailer seems to have a direction, whether or not it is the direction people want, whether or not it is a logical direction or whatever. I feel like they have a point that they're trying to to go through. It seems like there is a story. And I, I think it, it's, you know, they're stringing that together. So I feel like they're show, they showed me with this trailer, hey, we're not you know, completely off the rails. Like we, we have a story to tell here. Okay. I'll take that. But here's what I would put forward. And I sent you guys an article when I read it too. And it Mm. was an interesting article. that said the trailer came out and the maddest and obviously the maddest people about it are the nerds, right? Yeah. Because we're upset. The reason is, at least in this article, which I found to be the most poignant, is they take things from, obviously the movie wants to be the dark Knight returns, Mm. right? Clearly. They take things from it, like the Superman Batman showdown yeah. and a couple other things, and and they they put it into the movie, but remove the context of the original content, mm-hmm. which is 
in the Dark Knight Returns, by the time Superman and Batman are fighting, they've basically spent their whole lives knowing each other. Mm-hmm. And they've been friends up to this point. And the only reason they're fighting is because they disagree fundamentally. It's not just like... It seems like the trailer puts forward the idea that Batman or uh, Superman is an alien and people don't trust him. And I'm Batman. I don't trust him either. Therefore, I'm going to take him out. Mm-hmm. It just... it. Like, like the article said, and I'm quoting here, uh, it's like the sizzle without the steak, which I think mm-hmm. is a very good point. Um, so while it does seem to have a plot, and it definitely mm-hmm. puts that forward, which takes it less out of the spin art region, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to put forth any sort of meaty content. It just It's a very, very brief glimpse. And that's what a teaser is. Well, yeah, true. I guess that's true. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy teaser was Uga Chaka. I guess that's true. You know, and I'm not saying it's going to be Guardians. I'm just saying we can't. This is judging a book by its cover. We That's really what everyone's doing. And if we see more trailers for it and it's just like, yeah, I'm like, no, it's not the way it goes. But in some cases, it can surprise you. Um, the other thing, too, is I think. It's being billed as like, oh, Dark Knight Returns on screen, but it's it's got Red Sun on it. You know, that's what it is. Well, well that's the whole that. Superman as like this dictator guy. The way that teaser makes it seem is everyone is like, quote unquote, worshiping Superman and Superman's kind of like power hungry or it seems in the shots we see of him he doesn't seem to be happy about anything he seems to just be like i am superman uh listen to me i'm superman (laughs) (laughs) um that's that's what it seems like so i'm like that's red sun superman what i've held back my opinion on this for like three weeks now because you want to talk about the podcast it's funny you said that superman doesn't seem to be happy you're right Cause no one in this trailer is happy or having any fun. Okay. Can DC smile a little bit? I love Batman. I love The Dark Knight Returns. You would think I'd be like, great. You know what yeah. happened the first time I watched this this trailer? I started laughing at the end of it because I'm like, oh my god, what is what false god spray painted mm-hmm. poorly on a big S symbol? Yeah. Like this is come on, guys. I mean, like. I, I mean, are we? Do we really want to blatant make this that blatant? Like, is it that blatant? Like, I feel like somebody watched the Age of Ultron trailer and was like, "Oh, they use that, they use that Pinocchio song because he's a robot and robots are like puppets." Maybe Superman's kind of like a a god, right? So what if we? Oh, what if we spray paint false god on him? It's like remove all the subtlety and and just make it so blatantly obvious and just. Mm, it just and it just doesn't look like any fun. I'll be honest with you. It doesn't look like any fun at all. It looks like it's going to be this heavy, demure, sad. It's like I thought that we did that already with dark with, with like the Chris Nolan stuff, which I liked. I like that because it works in that context. But I'm like, mm-hmm. the only thing I can say is how far is this movie already up its own butt? Like, I don't. I just. I don't. I lost a lot of excitement for it. There are some things I like about it. I think that the Ben Affleck costume looks good. I think he looks good as Bruce Wayne. The voice. I like that Jesse Eisenberg voice that they're yeah, doing. Yeah, that was interesting. I don't know I about meant the Batman voice. Uh, it's all right. But it's a robot thing. Do you bleed? I'm like, oh god. Is that the voice or is that the line? I'm it's, talking about the sound both. of the voice. It's both. It's a little. It's it's going to be hard to hear. It's going to be another Bane, I think. I think Ryan. Unless they unless they change it up. But that was Ryan was there. Ryan, what was the first thing I said to you when I watched this trailer? Oh, I blocked out the memory. Can anyone have any fun in the DC universe? Yeah. Can no one smile? No. Like, 
Ultron, as dark as it looked, looked like fun. It looks like, oh, we're going to have some fun in this. There's Iron Man's going to be there. There's going to be some laughs. This just looks super heavy. Uh, the other thing I did like, though, if, if we're hearing Jesse Eisenberg's voice, if that's who I think it is, put me and Luther, I, I think that's okay. Um, but I don't know, man. It's just, just I was really up here, and now I'm kind of like down here. Well, the other thing, too, in your comparison. <laughs> Sorry, to I didn't mean to get that mad. I was just in playing your it up for you. It's not really that loud. terrible. In your comparison to Age of Ultron cars. and all yeah. that stuff, you know there's going to be Iron Man, of whom you've already had three films. Right. Okay, and it's Tony Stark. It's not Bruce Wayne. If only we could have made Superman happy. Oh, well. <laughs> if you made him happy in yeah, one movie, yeah, you would movie. think the purveyor of truth and justice would have a like a brighter outlook on life. Everything's just really, d- d- it's really dark. It's like they took Metropolis and turned it into Gotham. It's Batman paint, dude. It's, it's like and they they, they put Batman paint on top of they put Batman of paint on top of Batman. Fair it's enough. like how much more Batman can, paint can we put on this? Ryan, yeah. what do you think of this trailer? Well, hold on, Chewie was wait, wait, wait. rubbing up a point. That's okay, no, I, I was just go. saying, like you know, you you have. A bigger, let's say, backlog leading up sure. to it versus one movie, right? Which is what they had, right? And also the characters. I mean, it'd be like if you're saying, okay, well, like you know, Cap's gonna be the happy-go-lucky joke guy. Well, it, that's not who he is. Two, you're right. I don't two, think two of things. Clark Kent as being a jokester and, and being like, hey, like this is fun, right? But okay, then two things. A you're right. There's a big backlog of movies that lead up to the Avengers with each character having its own individual, yeah. you know, painting of that character. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, goofball. I have kind of like smart Alec Iron Man. We have kind of really, you know, with the Hulk, we're very, mm-hmm. I don't know, we're very emotionally connected. With Thor, we have somebody who's super strong, mm-hmm. but yet doesn't know what humanity is. We have Captain America, who's like the our ultimate symbol of righteousness and good. Mm-hmm. And then all those people come together. What we've had so far is we have Superman who you know, who who doesn't, who has no identity and no feelings about who he is at mm. the very end of the movie kind of comes to know who he is. And then now we're throwing him in with dark Batman. So we have dark Superman who just learned mm. who he was with dark Batman. And now they're going against each other and you're already putting them together. Yeah. I, honestly, I really wish I'm like DC just rip off Marvel. No one's going to care if you yeah. make good movies, no one's going to be like, well, Marvel did it first. You don't have to try to build the, and by the way, you said there's a, there's a kind of cohesive plot. Sure. But where does Aquaman fit in? Where does Wonder Woman fit in? I don't know. Where does the Green Lantern, all this stuff, all this, where are they going to put these people? I don't like, know. I, I don't know what's happening here. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. My, my guess at this point is it's going to be one scene. It's going to be one I, five I, minute scene <laughs> where everyone's standing there and he's like, you know, this is the Justice League. Listen, I, I think there's some cool looking stuff. I like costume. I like the Batmobile. I think the Batmobile is cool. Um, I don't think Ben Affleck as Batman's a bad choice. I just don't still see the direction. And I, I if it's just going to be the sad, demure thing, I don't think I'm going to have a lot of fun watching it. It's going to have to be like, better mentally prepare for this. Like, I also think the idea that people would be worshiping Superman makes sense. No, it does. Let, let's put it into at least modern context today. If some dude came from outer space and could do all the thing, there's a lot of dumb people sure. on this planet that'd be like, that is our God. I don't disagree, but where's Superman in this trailer? Or I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just a teaser, but I'm hoping in the movie they go, don't worship. He goes, no, I don't want this. Mm. I don't want this. I'd want to help you, but yeah. I don't want to be worshiped like a God. I want to be one of you. Mm. I want, but I want to be the one of you that can help the most. It as could, I can't, that I can. It could be that. 
Um, that's what I'm hoping because that's Superman. Or me. or it could just jump straight to you know he's done that and people won't take it, so he's like, fine, I will be the savior that you need. I'm Superman. Oh, um, it could be that we don't know until we see the movie. Yeah, did you guys see? That? I'm still gonna see the movie. That being said, did I'm you see the see Tony it. Zhao thing that he did about uh, where they recolored scenes from uh, Man of Steel uh-huh. and restored it back to the original film color versus using the blue gray cast uh-huh. filter that's on there. Did you guys see that? I did see that. Yeah, what happened? Yeah. It, it, they just it looked happier. <laughs> well, I mean, they I took th- scenes from man of steel and cause you know, I mean, I still have that sort of blue grayish gray black. Yeah. yeah. That they, so they got rid of that. Night, so they, yeah. they brought yeah, back in the greens and the yellows and it, it, it just looks different. It gives you a different feel. It how feel, it, how does it feel? It feels like Superman. Sunny, bright, exciting. It feels like Ba-ba-da-da. Superman. Like that. You know, it feels like that. Um, and here's There's the thing. To, to talk about what you mentioned <laughs> before, Ian, you've mentioned it before, and we've had many discussions yeah. about it and stuff like that. Yeah. This might not be your Superman. No, I know. But it's I, someone's I, Superman. I, I know. I, I'm just saying. I'm, my my main, Superman yeah. guy from Comic-Con? Yeah. Well, what's, no. it, what's his face? The guy yeah. who loves mm-hmm, Superman? Mm-hmm. Remember how he was like, finally, there's a Superman movie that I love and this and this and this. Yeah. Sure. Personally, I would expect a guy who's like all Superman to be like, this is not it, you know, just, but that he identified. With I just it. want to have fun watching a movie. I just don't think based on what we're do- what, what's happening right now. I, uh, I, I don't think that movie looks fun. I think maybe that's what it is. DC just mm. needs to have fun. Maybe, you know, you, we had a colorful Joker. We put that alongside Demir Batman. Somebody's fun. Maybe Lex Luthor's kind of jokey. Maybe he's kind of like, yeah. he's kind of jokey like that. I don't know. We'll see. But I, I, based on that, I was just, it, it lost a couple points. It gained a couple points mm. and lost a couple points. But I don't know. I just had to, I held that in for so long. Yeah. I was so angry. Um, Ryan, any, any brief thoughts? Because I know you're kind of like, you're, you're already on the negative side and this couldn't have put you any more in the positive. Is there I don't want to talk about, about it? this movie anymore. Okay. <laughs> um, well, guys, anything else we want to talk about? Any, 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 any quick beats? Daredevil's a good show, and yes. you should watch it. And Age of Ultron was enjoyable. You should see that too. Agreed. Um, anything else we want to want to talk about? Are we good? Are we got, oh, we got. Well, I do want to mention the Goners thing again. We want to mention that we're going to be doing Let's talk about that. Q and A um, again is at Fat Collectibles in Anaheim, California. If you're in the area. Uh, so we can do that. Um, let's see what else. Um, well, let's, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about it right yeah. now. So two o'clock on Saturday, yep. uh, this coming Saturday, May 9th. Is that correct? Joey? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, we will be talking to Jacob, the writer of Goners, after he does the signing. Is that correct? Uh, correct. Yeah, that's correct. I that think right before, Nana. but yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, right before. Okay, great. Well, we'll we'll be there though. Be there at two p.m. Bring your book. Bring it. I'm sure they'll probably have trades available. Yeah. If you Maybe want more details, in- you can find Fat Collectibles on the Facebook. Yes, you can. And you can even say like that so, you're going to this event. I feel like it's so demure now. We're so sad because we all we don't we talk about. You kind of yelled at everybody for about. I got mad. Ten minutes. I got you mad, did. guys. Can we talk about one more thing that's maybe not related to comic books, but that will make us happy, and that was a great trailer? Sure. Let's talk about Star Wars for a minute, you guys. Uh, oh, don't be that guy, Alan. That movie looks great. It does. <laughs> I'm actually... Okay, so I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I just like, meh. You know, yeah, like uh-huh. I like it. That movie got me pumped. Or that, <laughs> that, trailer. that trailer got me pumped. Just I'm, the first sweeping shot where you're looking at the desert and oh, pans man. over. You see the crash ash swing and then all of a sudden you see the crash Star Destroyer. Yes, like, and I'm oh, like... I had to man. pause Whoa. it. I had to pause it right there to catch my breath. I, and I just watched. I'm like, okay, you're setting the context of this movie being like a 
post almost like living in this post civil war galaxy like it's like the south has been destroyed in the united states and we're rebuilding and both sides have suffered losses and all this and then Oh man, and just the whole voiceover and that little BB-8 robot that actually is real that's that exists so in real life. Anyway, I'm really excited about this movie. I hope, I hope it's going to be good. I'm really excited. So, um, well, that's going to go ahead and wrap us up for this issue of Four Color Commentary. Um, but before we go, we want to give you a preview of what we're going to be reading next time. Um, so next time we're going to be uh, reading, uh, of course, for First Prince, we're going to be reading that first issue of Avengers. Um, so we'll go ahead and read that next time for First Prince. But what do you guys, uh, what are we doing for uh, Here's My Issue, boys? What do, what do you got in the, in the arsenal, Alan? What, what giant gun can are you going to launch at me? Uh, that's a little accusatory, don't you think? <laughs> Jeez. Gosh. What giant, maybe what maybe giant? I'm going to bring something enjoyable and lighthearted, <laughs> okay? I mean, I'm not, but, it's, <laughs> but I what if I did? Um, uh, this one's been sitting on my list for a while, so it's it's one of those things that I'm going to use everybody as a guinea pig for. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a image book uh, mm-hmm. called Low. Uh, and it is written by Rick Remender, mm-hmm. uh, and the artist is Greg Tocini. So Rick Remender has done things like Black Science, mm-hmm. um, and Greg Tocini has uh, drawn things like Uncanny X-Force. Um, it's a uh, post-apocalyptic book where people like live under the surface due to a radiated sun. Uh, I just love Rick Remender, so I'm going to bring this, and we're all going to read it together. Sweet. Cool. It's Jerry, what are you one. bringing for next time? I'm bringing Chew issue number one. That's going to be yes! written by John Lehman, drawn by Rob Gilroy. Um, it's an image book, so you know it's going to be good, and it shares a name with down. me. So there you go. <laughs> Chewy actually met the creator of this book, uh, or one of the are the artists, is it? Is that right? Create, um, writer. Writer. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. The writer of this book. Um, so I'm actually going to bring a licensed book. Um, I'm going to bring a... Um, uh, a, a Star Wars book. We're talking about Star Wars. Uh, you're gonna bring Star Wars. Um, I'm not gonna bring Star Wars number one. I was thinking really? about bringing Star Wars number one because that's I, been that was uh, that was a big thing. It was a big week. thing, but there's I'm gonna bring a different issue. It's one of the little other little side things they're doing, which I thought honestly was a lot better, and I really dug it. There's one little moment in it that happens in the other Star Wars book that I'll just tell you guys um, off mic what it is, and that's that way you're not like when did that happen? Um, but I'm going to bring a Darth Vader issue number one. Uh, Darth Vader, written by Kieran Gillen, uh, art by Salvatore La Roca. So, got some big names in that one. So, yeah, Darth Vader, number one. Uh, Ryan, what are you going to be bringing for next time? Uh, I'm bringing a... uh, There's this anthology series um, on the internet. uh, Well, it's not on the internet. It's from a a, a comic label called Youth and Decline. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's a a quarterly series, so they they release a new one uh, every three months-ish. And so, I am bringing Frontier, number seven. Uh, it is uh, features one story written and drawn by um, artist and writer Jillian Tamaki. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The story is called Sex Coven. <laughs> that is the greatest Sex possible name Coven. that could be. So around. yeah, I'm bringing Frontier number seven. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap us up for this <laughs> issue of Four Color Commentary. We remind you to come back next time to the only podcast that is super excited about Ant-Man. I'm just kidding. There's a lot of people excited about Ant-Man, but man, those like shrinking effects. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Giant Thomas the Train. Oh yeah. And the top. Uh, the only, you know what? The only podcast that loves Thomas the Train crash sequences. Just amazing. Anyway, so we'll see you next time. I'm uh, out of ideas. Alan. <laughs> I'm Chewy. I'm Ian. I'm Ryan. Thanks for almost saving that, Ryan. (laughs) Stay in your mids, everybody. (laughs) Bye.
This has been a production of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Exclusively at stuffandthingsnetwork.com.